Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to the next episode 17 of the Degenerates Clubhouse. Welcome, one and all. Uh, in this episode, to start, uh, Armando and I were discussing how we're both experiencing some levels of stress. It's a stressful time, right? It's, you know, it's, it's not the most like tranquil, happy uh, time in the world, I would say. So we're like we're like some somewhere between like utopia and uh, complete Armageddon, where aliens and demons are coming out of the earth to kill us all. We're like we're like a little bit closer to the latter than the former right now, as as a uh, as a country and a world. So I, I understand a lot of things are coming to head for people. And I, I know speaking personally, I know this morning in particular, I, I was incredibly stressed and I was like, shit, let's not freak out and be a, a, a agitated ball of nerves on the podcast and, and just mumble incoherently for an hour. I, I do that enough already. How can, how can, I productively manage this stress. And uh, so first I wanted to ask you, Armando, is, is, is there anything that you've found when you're feeling this way that, that helps you alleviate some stress, something that's like actually productive where you're not just wasting time or uh, eating tons of terrible food? Well, I'm not eating tons of terrible food. And uh, so I made myself a, an Armando challenge last week. Um, the, the Armand, is that, is that the official trademark name? Armando challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Challenging myself. Um, well, cause yeah. So speaking of all the stresses I've been going through, obviously not having a job, um, not having my own goddamn place. Those two big things are like make like exacerbate everything else going on. So, um, a couple of weeks back I decided, you know what, as opposed to like being a little whiny bitch and doing nothing about it, like I got to take, I got to take little steps at some type of growth, uh, personal growth. So again, I, I, I think I told you like a few weeks ago, I started jogging, you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, do, I'm doing my, my three mile, three mile a day type of thing. And then, um, but again, that was just like a, like a beginning thing. You know, I'm going to build on that. I'm going to start going to five miles a day and so on and so forth. But, um, what's, uh, Another another challenge, another step I, I wanted to give myself was um, last weekend I had the, you know, we had the beer fest thing with all the all the Lancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I told myself that that was going to be the last day I'm going to drink, um, at least for a while. Like not, not um, if it's permanent, cool, I guess. But it's just again it's just like a personal challenge of myself like i want to i want to see some type of growth some some type of like positive change in my life and setting those little goals for myself you know um and then actually being able to to do them to pull them off i think um little little positive things little positive personal accomplishments so it's been i don't know 3 days or so but yeah, little, little, setting myself little goals and then accomplishing them, and 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 uh, that makes me feel a little bit better about all the other crap, you know, going on. Twenty twenty has sucked. It's no 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 
I mean, it's no secret. I'm, I am a little bit disappointed to hear that the Armando challenge is specific to you. When you when you phrase it like that, I was like, oh, the Armando challenge. Can I? Could, yeah. Could, could I sign up? Are there are there like like cohorts? Could you could you have the like the whole the the cult of the Armando challenge? We all uh, follow in your ways. It'd be, be kind of cool if we had a a follow like if we had like a steady following of listeners. I know we have friends. I, we have friends that uh, will tell me, oh, yeah, I listened to this episode or I listened to this last episode. I, I, I don't know how consistent they are, but it'd be kind of cool if if we had like a little bit of a following. Let's, I, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not aiming high. I'm saying like if we had like 50 consistent people, uh, that'd be kind of cool. And then uh, yeah, we could we can create a challenge that all 50 of our uh, degenerates <laughs> uh, follow along with the challenge. I think sometimes kind of like you're saying there's two things that work against people it's one you just have to generate that initial momentum where you can kind of just get moving you're stuck in a rut you feel static and you're like if i can get a little bit of movement even if it's not anything earth shattering where it's like oh my life has completely changed and you know now i'm living in a big mansion and i'm a, a figure of rock star or whatever and then the other thing is when you look at a problem as a whole and it just seems like so big and daunting and insurmountable when you can break it down into just little pieces like you're talking about. Like, okay, I'm just going to do this one small thing that's manageable and I can just go out and do it. It's not a big deal. And then you just build on that until you, you get closer to where you want to be. Um, so, so is that for, is that it for you though? It's like, it sounds like the two parts of your challenge so far are to exercise more regularly and, um, and to to uh, I don't know if it's say eat healthier, but like lay off of uh, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, lay out, eat well. So yeah, they're all they're, they're all little things. If you really, you know, the the exercise thing is something that we should all do. But how many of us like really, really do it? Like it's easy to come up with excuses. I think there's some people that are a little bit better about it, like following through with daily exercise and shit. But like I know I I slacked off for, like the past year plus, you know. Um, the diet thing for sure. I've always kind of kept that in the back of my mind, but now I got to be a little bit more mindful about it. And then the no boosting, the no boosting is a, is actually bigger for me because, you know, for the longest time, um, you know, I was a, I was a smoker, like cigarette smoker for a Mm -hmm. long time and all this shit. And I went cold Turkey with all that nonsense. And I've had to like, you get, you get tempted to like, you go to another vice and not that I have like an addictive personality, but like when you give up smoking, yeah, you want to like, like meth or, or a drink. Hard what? Yeah, I know, not me. <laughs> I never mess with that shit. But you've you've never like you've never just gone by a, like an abandoned bridge and you see some like really nice, respectful looking people uh, hanging underneath, and you're like, I want to become friends with them. Like, sure, that one guy has sores all over his face, but there's probably a cream or something for that. And like once he gets. Uh, this strange play cleared up. Like, I think we could be best friends and you go down there and you're just talking with them and they're like, Hey, we need to kill this hobo. Can you help us? And you're like, sure. No problem. Cause you want to get in good with them. And the next thing you know, you're addicted to meth. Like it's happened to all of us once or twice. And I'm just saying for anyone listening, if that's happened to you, don't feel ashamed. You just have to, to figure out who the leader is, kill them in their sleep. And then you can break free of the group and, and become a healthier, more productive person. That's my, that's my one pro tip. I just wanted to add in there because I think that's what Armando was hinting at and he was just too shy to say it. So um, if you get addicted to meth, you kill the leader 
of the homeless circle, and then you break away from the group. Easy. Kill the meth leader. Yeah. And then become them. And then become. No, the no, meth no, leader? no. That's how you escape. You don't. You don't want to become the meth leader. That. Oh. That's just. That's more responsibility because then there, you have your all these these messed up cohorts. You know, and when you're when you're at the sort of the organ the top of an organizational pyramid, and the people below you are all uh, meth addicts, it's very stressful. They're not the most responsive. They don't take instruction very well. So you don't you don't want to be a management of that particular org. No. Methheads Anonymous, no. or I, no. I guess maybe not anonymous in that case. Yeah, Methheads Inc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, little goals, however, however small, you know, minor they they are. You know what? I, I I remember when I was like in, I don't know if I was like fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade. I I felt like I was a lot more of an organized person. Mm-hmm. I would actually write down like the shit I wanted to accomplish the next day. Like I I actually would do that like on a daily. Like I did that. Yeah, I I I get I get through my day. At the end of the day, I'd be like, okay, tomorrow I want to do this, do this, do this, dude. I haven't done that since then. I haven't done that since I was in the whatever sixth, seventh grade, and it doesn't. I don't know if it needs to be written down. Maybe for for some people, it needs to be written down. But for me, like the last couple of weeks, I've been telling myself like the night before, like, okay, tomorrow, I want to make sure I do this, do this, do this, and don't bitch out. And it makes it so that like. When I have to get up in the morning and go for a jog, or when I have to eat something uh, relatively n- nutritious um, for lunch, you know, like it mm-hmm. makes it easier. Like it's like I guess it helps become a little more manageable um, instead of just kind of like going through everything willy nilly and and not really, you know. Can I give a, a real a- actual tip for um, for for people who might be struggling? To work out the, the meth tip was important. I don't know if that's as practical for most people. Uh, the the one thing though, and this was um, when I was coaching at the end, I, I was I was uh, actually running all the strength and conditioning programs, and just for liability reasons, I wanted to, to get uh, certified as a personal trainer. Um, and the program that that I, I took, like in terms of structuring a workout and everything, I didn't learn that much. But one of the the, the great things that they focused on was how to keep people uh, coming back. You know, if you're doing like private personal training, and there were little things that they really focused on about. It wasn't just about making the 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 best workout. It was actually making the workout accessible and enjoyable for the person. They also had some stats about how much, like if a person lived within 10 minutes of where they were working out, they were, I can't remember, it was like, they were like 200% more likely to continue with a workout plan if yeah. they lived close to it. So I, I, I've sort of run with that idea. So for, for me personally, I, I know that if I'm training for something specific, I'm incredibly dedicated to work out. You know, if it's like, oh, I, you know, doing this lifting routine will make me a little bit stronger so I, I could, you know, win a grappling match or uh, get a ground ball in a lacrosse game, like I'm super dedicated. But if it's just maintenance, I, I'm terrible. So I've built in like a little reward system for me. And and for me, working out is really tough now because like I got all this joint pain. It's not, you know, the the endorphin release that you get from working out doesn't really offset the physical pain to, to get it for me. Um, so when I, when I run, it, it's always to physically go somewhere to, to get, and to get something that I want. So like, um, we, we, it snowed here the other day in Colorado. It was, it was, I think 10 degrees out, but I was like, Oh, 
if if I want the, the this like white hot chocolate, it's it, this place serves white <laughs> hot chocolate. I'm like, I have to run three miles through the snow to go get it. And I'm like, yeah, I I I really want it though. Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna go run. And so so like a lot of the 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 the, the things that I want, um, you know, and I'm not eating like any sort of like treats anymore or anything like that, but. The little sort of specialty items I want, depending on how enjoyable they are for me, I have to run progressively farther distances to go get them, um, and and that works. Like from some somehow the way my my brain is wired, I'm like, oh, if I'm going somewhere to go get something, then I, I'm like really motivated on a run. Like I have a, de- a mission, a fucking destination with a goal. I'm um, you know it's it's not uh, not going and like killing a, a gazelle on the plains, but Somehow it, it triggers that part of my brain. Whereas if you're like told me just go run six miles, I would I would just be annoyed the whole time and worried about like okay what mile am I on? How much farther do I have to go? Versus oh, I'm gonna go get this thing. So like that that works for me. But coming up with those little reward systems or ways to make a workout more accessible for you is key. I think yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, for for me for me. Um well, a couple of things when you, when when you brought up the white hot chocolate and and all that stuff, it reminds me of uh, like my my I don't know if it was my mom or my dad. One of them told me like like when I was a kid, when I was a baby, and mm-hmm. they're trying to teach me how to walk. Those little fuckers, or I say those old fuckers, tricked me. They would they would I I I love peanut butter and I love I love Reese's pieces. <laughs> so they would put like a handful of Reese's pieces somewhere where like, I'd have to walk to them. And if I didn't walk to him, like I wouldn't get the Reese's pieces. But if I did, I was like, that was my treat. So it, it works. I mean, uh, that was the first thing I wanted were, to say. Were they training you like a dog, and instead of treats, like they dog were. treats, they were using uh-huh. Reese's pieces? Yep, did, did they exactly. like pat you in the head and like good, good Armando here? I they they should have. I think you know it, it would have worked. Um, that that's that, that's also probably not the best. It's like they were teaching you how to walk and acquire diabetes. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least I'm walking towards diabetes, right? Instead of just getting diabetes and sitting still. Yeah. So, so when I was, for example, uh, when I was when I was li- when you're right about setting those like goals, like uh, like uh, when when I was in Bakersfield, there was no real, at least that I was aware of, they never really had like those 5K events that they have here in LA like every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, for me back then, it was just kind of being healthy and running and staying in in kind of shape. Move back down to LA, and again they have those damn five Ks almost every other weekend. If you look for them, the only problem is with COVID in twenty twenty being what it was, like they don't have those organized events. So it would be if I had something to build on where I can consistently say, okay, this is my like I'm gonna run this five K or mm-hmm. this half marathon on this day. It would give me that sense of like you said that goal to reach like. I got to keep up my diet. I got to keep up my exercise because on this day I got to perform. Right. Um, that that's not happening. But however, long term, I've I've always said I want to do a. I still haven't done a half marathon. I know I can do it. It's gonna take me a few months to just kind of get a little more wind in me. But that won't be that hard. I, I've got a question. Does does it count as a half marathon if you run the distance, but it's not like an officially sponsored race? Um. For me, for me, yeah. personally, like if, if it, I did it, it would it, it would count it, for in me. The, in the world of Mermando, if if you just ran, what is it, thirteen point 
yeah. two miles or something, 13.3 miles. If you just ran that distance, would you, would you say I've done a half marathon? Is that, is that I, check? I, I would say I would, it would check for me, but I, it wouldn't be one of those things that I would tell my friends, Oh, by the way, I run a half marathon. Like if, if there was an event, I would kind of, I guess, brag about it. Like, Oh yeah, I run the fucking long beach half marathon or whatever, you know? Um, That'd be something I would specifically like tell people. Like I would, yeah. hey, look what I did. But for me personally, like I've, um, if I and I again, and I know I could with a little time, um, half marathon, I'll eventually get done. That that'll that's like to me. I wouldn't say it's no problem. I'm gonna do it at some point. Yeah. The one that feels really far fetched for me is doing a marathon, and and I I don't know. Like I would love to do a marathon, right? Like just mm-hmm. to fucking say I've ran a marathon, you know. But that, that I know will take uh, a lot more. That's like a longer goal. That's like a year long type of thing. You know what I mean? That that, that one's frustrating for me because when I was, I, I'd say anywhere from like fifteen through twenty one, I, I probably could have just ran a marathon at the drop yeah. of the hat, just like whenever I felt like it. And now my joints are all fucked up, yeah. and that's a lot like. That would be. I would also like to cross that off my bucket list. But the reason I asked is, I, I you know, running on pavement is difficult for me still. Um, so like longer distances probably wouldn't work that well. But last winter I did run. I, I think it was thirteen point nine miles uh, when I was doing that cardio competition. The the difference was it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't like on a on a marathon route or anything like that. It was up through the mountains and I was climbing elevation and dropping and. Um, you know, there are parts where like I had to walk cause it was just too steep, but you know, I went, I went that distance. So I'm like, I, do I get to say I did a half marathon? I feel like, I feel like I should. That's, I think, I think it's all relative. Like if it's, if for you, like, I mean, for, if I did it, if I did, I for sure would, would feel that sense of accomplishment. Like I would feel fucking good about doing that. Like I would, that'd be something I can pat myself on the back for, but mm-hmm. some people, uh, that might not feel as, um, as important or a grand accomplishment and they don't, you know, because you don't get a little like metal and a t-shirt with it. (laughs) Well, uh, that's, I think the metal and the t-shirt thing is just something to kind of like brag about sort of like, like, like the last time or one of the last times I did a a 5k, (laughs) they gave us these fucking little, little metal things. And I walked around like my apartment, my apartment, you know, my old roommate, I was like, I'm an important person. Look at me. I got this, I got this metal, you know? Um, VIP uh, 5k connoisseur as well as hot sauce yeah man man of the world I am dude I'm all over the place just just do not combine those two (laughs) no no No, you know it's hot sauce at night 5k the next morning bad bad recipe I uh I I did a a 5k when I was living in Pico Rivera shit let's just call like 15 years ago probably longer than that wait wait, is there is there a Pico 5k no, 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 it wasn't. It was that, actually, that, actually, that, was it was it's, it's, it's like it's you know like tough mutters where there's obstacles. It's like that, except it's like this is a guy trying to stab you. Now this one, you have to go through the store, take the TV, and make it five blocks before they catch you. <laughs> the the Pico five K. You gotta do a gang sign and not get shot. Um, Th- this one, no. Wait, sorry. This this is I don't know. This just reminded me. Uh, you remember the the first car I had in. Um, when I was in college, was that like beat up Toyota Celica? Yep, sure. Uh, is, that the one I, is that the one I almost threw up in? But like we opened the door just in time and I vomited it right outside I, it. I do not know. Probably. 
I just I just had a flashback when I was talking about the Pico 5K where I don't know why I was driving through Pico. I, I don't know why I was a lot of places I was when I was in college, but I was driving through through Pico and like this this old beater like rolls up next to me and they're like, knock hey, roll down your window, roll down your window. It's like, ah oh, fuck, what's going on? Hey, okay. Roll down the window and they're like, pull over, pull over. And I'm like, this is a bad idea. I'm gonna do it. Oh no. <laughs> so so I pull over and they're like, hey. You want us to pull the dents out of your car? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're wow. like, yeah, yeah, we have all the tools in the trunk. So they, and I'm like, okay. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it for a hundred bucks. So like, they like drilled into the frame of the car, like pulled all the dents out of it. They had some sort of like putty that smoothed out some parts. They like did all that. And then they just, they did the, uh, they didn't have the, a color to match the, the paint, but they had, like, the primer, so they primed it. And this was, like, all within, like, 40 minutes in a fucking alley in Pico. Um, Jesus. You got some big balls, dude. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem. So if you haven't noticed, there's a running theme in some of, some of my stories where I'm trying to think how to explain it. Like, you know, like, improv comedy, there's a technique yeah. called yes-anding where, like— uh-huh. When someone says something crazy, you don't say, well, no, because then it ends the sketch. You just yes and. You say, well, yes, and and then you add to it, and the, the sketch keeps going. Um, sometimes I do that in life. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I end up in an alley in Pico Rivera with a guy, you know, uh, a bunch of um, – is it is it is it racially insensitive to call them cholos? I feel like that might have been no, applicable. No, hell no, because that's probably what they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, pulling dents out of my car. I'm like, cool, this is happening. <laughs> No, I, that, I, again, that's why I say you have big balls. If some fucking weirdos were do, flagging me down and saying that, I'd be like, "Fuck you." Um, dude, one of my one of my favorite. Sorry, this is a tangent. We'll get let's get back to stress management in a second. I'm just remembering all these like weird LA memories. Like one of the first um, experiences I had in LA. This was wow, God, this was 20, 20 years ago, more than twenty years ago. It, it was the uh, the 2000 Democratic National Convention in Los Angeles. And, like a local newspaper found out that I was going to be out there. And they're like, oh, can you write an article about the convention for us? And, you know, I'm an 18-year-old kid. I'm like, sure, I can do that. I have no journalistic experience. I'm going to go cause trouble. This will be fun. That was the whole story. I, I, I actually managed to, uh, to get like a top-level press pass through a bunch of shenanigans and – um, and then I also there, – there is – so if you've been in the Staples Center, you know the big tunnel where like the players come out? Mm-hmm. If you – I believe if I'm remembering correctly – I mean again, this was like 20 years ago. But it's like if you go through that tunnel and you take a left and you walk a little way, there's – it's uh, called the Chickern Press Room. Um, okay. And that's like where you know they've got computer terminals and set up and that's like where all the journalists go to file their stories. So I, I'm just wandering around because I managed to get this, this press pass. I – I'm like, oh, what's this? This is a room. I see people coming in and out of it. And I, I accidentally, uh, like, there's this huge, I don't know, something had happened on the floor. And this huge flood of reporters comes in because something happened. They're all trying to get their stories in. And I'm trying to get out of their way. And I accidentally bump against the toggle light switches. And I turn off all the lights in the checker and press room. <laughs> and, nice. and everyone's like, like, looks like, what the fuck? You know, there's like, 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 uh, if there was closed captioning on like a Netflix show, it would be angry shouting. <laughs> like, oh fuck! And then, how, how how many people do you think were in that press room? Thirty. Oh okay. Um, Still thirty 
Pretty pissed off. Reporters. Yeah, well, and they're trying to get their stories off, and then when I t- I turned off half the lights, and then I'm, I didn't know which switch I hit, so I hit the other one. I turn off all the lights, and then I turn them all back on, and I just run out of the room. Um, nice. Yeah, I, gosh, I forgot. I had all kinds of adventures, but the, the long story short is, at the end of the day, I again I was not I wasn't really in tune with LA, and I had. I had just progressively gone farther and farther and farther from the Staples parking lot until I could find affordable parking, um, oh, which means yes, you know, see, you know exactly what that means for people not familiar in LA. That means I was like in a straight up slum, and yeah. I, I'm walking back, and that concept is starting to dawn on me. I'm like, oh, this is not a good neighborhood. What did I do? It's dark, and I get to the, I get to the parking lot, and. There's this this probably like 25 year old black guy just sitting in the parking lot in front of my car, just like sitting, you know, sitting on his butt uh, in front of my, you know, in front of my car. And I and I get back. And I'm like, uh, good lord, like what, what what's gonna happen? Like, okay, let's let's get ready for whatever this encounter is gonna be. And he was he was super friendly, you know. He was like he's like, hey hey hey, bros. Uh, I was watching your car for you, and I was like, "Oh, thank you. Can, can I get in it?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure it was safe. You know, this is this, is, this can be a bad neighborhood. People can mess up your car." And I was like, "Well, it's, it's a little bit messed up to begin with, so I'm not too worried about that." He's like, "Yeah, but don't worry. I made sure nobody messed it up." And I was like, "All right." And he's like, "He's like, but uh, but I'm I'm real I'm real hungry." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm hungry too. It's been a long day, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah. So you, you think you can give me some money for food?" This is again. This is me. Yes, ending. I could have said. I could have said no. End of interaction. I could have said yes, given him money. But instead, I, I yes and I'm like, oh, you know, I'd like to get something to eat too. Let's go to a restaurant around here together, and I'll buy you dinner. Oh my god! <laughs> and he's like, you you could see like the the gears in this guy's head like turning and coming to like a halt and like one of the little springs popping out and he's like and this this is this was his response he, he was just quiet for about 10 seconds and he goes he's you, you can't you can't eat around here bro you can't eat around here it's not safe for you i was like i don't know i mean i i, I eat, i've eaten in some pretty rough areas in philadelphia i'm still here he's like no no see this one time I went. I had went to this restaurant and I bought myself some cake. And I went outside to eat my cake, right? And this other guy, he wanted my cake. I was like, "Oh no, he wanted your cake." He's like, "Yes, he wanted my cake." Which I don't know if that was a euphemism for something else. I was taking my face oh, no. value, but he's like, he's like, he said, "Hey, you give me the cake." And I said, "No, you cannot have my cake. This is my cake." But when I fell asleep, he stabbed me and he took my cake. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're right. I can't. I can't eat around here. He, they might stab me and take my cake. He's like, they will stab you and take your cake, man. I was like, oh, fuck. I better just give you the money for safety, right? He's like, yeah, that's the only way. I was like, okay, here's a dollar. <laughs> you're an asshole. You, sir, are an asshole. Uh, what? I, why am I an asshole? I gave him money. Yeah, I guess. You think I should have given him more money? No, you. First of all, <laughs> I, look. That's when you. Ju- that's why. That's why you just say like at the at the finality of his asking for money. That's when you just say no. Walk away. No, and fuck that. The 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 he stabbed me and took. This was this is the way I was doing that estimation in my head. I was like, well, this this he stabbed me and he, he took my cake story. Pretty epic. You know, maybe some holes in the plot here, 
But I'm going to tell this story at least 10 times in my life. At 10 cents a pop, I got a bargain. I give him a dollar. Bang. Yes. Give it that way, I suppose. Good, but. good, good value. And then, like, he did, like, let me get to my car. I didn't have to fight him. That was the other calculation. I'm like, I don't think this guy has a weapon. If it, and if he did just have a knife, I'm pretty sure I could just, like, like knock him out real quick and get my car. So this this is good. This is a this is a nice happy interaction. We're all friends here and uh I've got the 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 uh the, the double leg takedown defense in case he gets violent, but it did it did not come to that. Um so so many many fun adventures I've had in in Los Angeles and other places just by yes sanding and uh luckily in my youth I, that didn't get me stabbed and no one took my cake. I've never gotten stabbed, but I have had weapons drawn on me, and that's not fun. But that goes without saying that when you live in L.A., that can happen to you. Do do you remember? I actually probably told you. I remember telling you the story about when I got um, a weapon drawn on me, and where where the fuck were we? We were at somebody's somebody's apartment complex in the valley and i remember telling you the story because you like slipknot and i was like fuck slipknot i have beef and it's on site with their lead singer if i ever see him what you don't remember that oh yeah slipknot and i have a history and i what's their lead singer's name is it it's got to be like bradley or something like that Corey taylor fucking Corey taylor Corey bradley whatever um yeah if i ever see Corey, it's on site i don't care if he's like 50 now he drew a weapon on you? No, he didn't. The the weapon... Okay, so I'm trying to remember the name of the company. It was like Staff Pro or something like that. Okay. Um, but so it's basically... It was just a company that was would outsource staffing to large events. And right. one, of, one of my friends... And this is, again, me freaking yes-anding. Was like, uh, hey, there's going to be this concert at the Great Western Forum. I know this company that will hire us as security guards... And we we get to see the concert for free, and we get sixty bucks. Do you want to come? And I didn't know any of the bands except for Rammstein because I, and I'd heard Duhas, and I was like, Oh wait, that was the concert I actually saw you working at. Yes, now, now yes, you were there. Okay. You yeah, were part yeah, yeah, of the yeah, story. Yeah. So wait, yeah, okay. so so let me. I'll, I'll do the setup, and then you can tell what happened. Um, I probably it's very vague for me. So you tell. Oh, the I, I remember it vividly, like it was yesterday. Um, so okay, now I know. <laughs> this this was not the best time ever for me to work security because I was still recovering from ACL surgery. So like I was on like one and a half legs, and but I'm like I got I get to go see Rammstein. I feel like this is going to be an adventure. Sure, I'll do it. So so we go there and um, th- those the, the let me try, I'm trying to remember the bands playing. There was Rammstein. There was Slip, Slipknot, Slipknot was the headliner. And system of a down. System of down, sure. Your 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 heroes and and personal messiahs. Uh, system of a down, um, and th- those con- concerts are uh, can be a little little bit contentious. Like the the, the fans can get a little little riled up. Now let's not speaking of those concerts specifically, but can you kind of like set the scene, like what the audience is like behavior wise at those shows? I'd say it's probably. Conservatively, eighty percent male, twenty percent female, and I'm being conservative. It's probably more like ninety ten, at um, least. And then I would say ninety percent of the people there are wearing all black, dark colors. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of these people are have piercings on their faces and other parts of their body, and um, so the music is heavy. 
It's loud. Angry. Angry. There is a little bit of. It's got that like yeah, pissed off teenager. I'm gonna steal my parents' car and crash it into the neighbor's uh, garage. Sort of vibe to it. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, there's there's drugs being passed around, and and altogether, it's a good time. And 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 in terms of, okay, so so this is interesting. Like maybe you're you're not uh, the the typical person that goes to the show, but could you? Give some insight. Having been someone that's gone to those shows in the, as an audience member, like what's the mindset of the, the the concert goers at shows like that? Like, what do you what do you where are you at in terms of your headspace when you go to a show like that? I, I think especially if you're a lot younger, because I think well, I was like you. We were we were college students. Um, you went as a security bouncer guy, and I went there as just to go watch the show. Yeah, I didn't even know that we were going to be bumping into each other. Um, I remember going with my, it was myself, my brother, I think at the time one of his ex-girlfriends and who knows who else went. And I'm a big System of a Down fan. My brother's a big Slipknot fan. For us, Rammstein was like, okay, that's cool. They're there. Awesome. Let's go watch these fucking cool bands that we both like. Um, okay. My, my brother was probably still in the high school age. Um, so he's probably, he probably fell into the more typical, um, typical f- uh, fan in that concert um, range, whereas I was kind of like the older, like, I'm just there to watch a good show. But, again, teen angst, angry, you want to vent your frustrations. Yes. You're, uh, you know, um, there's mosh pits, usually, especially for, like, Slipknot, there'll be, like, mosh pits. System of a Down, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and at that show, this, the setup was, you had, you know, the, the stands, and then the floor where, you know, where... Uh, Teams would be playing or anything like that. That whole floor area w- was where the mosh pits were. Right. And- There's a general admission, which is like basically the floor level, and that's where the stage is. Yes. And then if you if you didn't pay the whatever sixty bucks, seventy bucks, because uh, the general admission ones I think were five bucks cheaper, ten bucks cheaper, or I don't know. But if you wanted to just get a comfortable seat, you sat in the seats. Yes, around like around, and that's where that's where we went. We well, went and, and that's down. where pr- probably like eighty percent of the the fans were. That was just a yes. larger area, and there yeah. was there's that smaller area that was twenty percent on the floor where people were dancing and moshing and all that. And my my job at that show, what, what I was assigned to to do was to keep people who had only bought the, those stadium seats from getting down onto the floor. Right, and so it's like. You know, hey, you're, you you have a torn ACL. I don't think I told him that part, but uh, your job is to keep some five thousand pissed off, angry teenagers from going to where they want to and go have fun with that. Um, right. So the, the the one encounter that that really sort of set the tone for me was, uh, you know, we were, we were turning people away. They were trying to come down. Some people would try to sneak through. We'd, we'd get them, but it was this one. Just, just I, I don't even. I, I guess he was punk, but you already kind of half described him like, like dyed black hair, dressed all in yeah. black, wants to go down. He thinks he's a fucking tough guy, and he he doesn't. He's not even trying to sneak. He's just trying to walk right through. And I get in his way, like, no, you can't go down there. He's like, hey, get out of my way. And I was like, no, you know, this is you can't go down there. You got to go back up to your seats. And somehow that escalates to him um, pulling his hand out of his pocket, and he had something that looked like brass knuckles. But instead of just just uh, brass, there are these like four inch spikes on the end of them. Oh yeah. 
And he just shoves it under my chin. He's like, do you know how uh, much it would hurt if I hit you with this? And I don't know why. Like, I, I was just surprisingly calm the whole thing. And I just just said to him, just very matter of fact, it would hurt a lot. I don't suggest you do that. And I remember it was like we were both kind of a little bit taken aback that I, I just was so calm saying it and said that to him. And like, we're both processing it. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this guy. And he's, he's got, if you can imagine this, he's holding this thing like right under my chin. And I just, again, I, I had not had all the jujitsu experience, but I had plenty of wrestling experience. And I just reach across, get wrist control, cross wrist, get my other hand on his elbow, create a little fulcrum and it just torques his, his arm uh, behind his back. And then he suddenly realizes, oh, I've complete control of his arm with this little, uh, you know, brass knuckle stabby thing. And I could probably break his arm off his shoulder if he thinks, if I wanted to. And then all of a sudden I see his friends coming down from the stands. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> what's about to happen? And he actually says to him, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, leave him. I'm like, oh, good. God, I thought I was gonna be about to fight like four of these assholes. And, and that I thought was going to be the worst thing that happened, but it was not. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Wait, before you, I think, uh, was this, was this concert post nine 11? Cause it, it actually, it, it was, it was okay. very, very uh, recently after nine 11 it happened. Yes. So, so it adds to the story. Right. It, it, right. it was. And, and um, so, so having managed to pick, piss off a small faction of uh, <laughs> of the audience clo- close to the floor that desperately wanted to, to get to the floor. Once Slipknot took the stage, things got a little bit worse for me. And and yes, this is the 9/11 tie-in. So so the the lead singer of uh, of Slipknot starts to give this speech to the crowd. What, what's his name again? Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor. Fuck that guy. So Corey, <laughs> our our boy Co- Corey the douchebag gets up on stage and he starts talking. He's like, yo, I just want to tell everyone that I know there's bad things happening in the world. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, fuck, where is this going? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you all know what happened in New York. And, and we're like, yes, we were not living in a, a shack in the woods in Montana. Like, we're aware, Corey. Like, he's like, yeah, but I just want you to know with, with this bad shit going down, there's no one in the world that I'd rather have here with me than my 5,000 motherfucking closest friends. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, Corey, first of all, be real. You'd hate most of these kids if you actually had to hang out with them. Be, be serious. But okay, fine, fine. I'll give you that, Corey. You're, you're, you're quote unquote 5,000 closest best friends in the world. C- continue. And he's like, and I know you're all hardcore punk fans and i was like oh this is taking a turn for the worse and he's like and i know you remember the riots that happened at such and such concert i'm like oh fuck Corey, don't do it do not do it Corey. and he goes and today we're gonna top that i'm like you piece of shit if i like and he's like and i i can't remember from the, from there everything's a blur i can't remember what specific instructions he gave but the next thing i know people are coming down from the stands in waves those kids that i i had i had kind of punked earlier were like jumping there there was about a six foot gap um 
from the stands to the floor with like little, I can't remember what kind of dividers they were, but like some of them were jumping over them. A couple of them were trying to not jump over them. They were just trying to jump down and land on me. And I basically went from like, yeah, let's, let's keep the peace and the separation. And we're not going to have people uh, down on the floor to, oh, good Lord, we're all, you know, however many, there were like 80 security guards and 5,000 yeah. people. We're like, let's, let's try to not get trampled and die. Um, so I'm like dodging these kids jumping off. There was a couple of you know, times where I saw kids jump and fall and like literally just grab them and just tried to drag them, you know, not try to drag them out of the way. Cause I'm like, this, this fucking idiot's going to get themselves literally trampled. I mean, it was that, that level of just, you just think about it, you know, the, the aisles in a stadium are tight. Uh, and there's just 5,000 people pouring from the stage, all trying to rush the floor. And I, so, the way I view that to this day is that freaking Corey, the douchebag <laughs> Made an, made an, a, a personal attack on my life. He and Slipknot tried to kill me, and that's why I say it's on site with Corey. Um, me, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to murder him if I see him. Just kick him in the balls hard enough where he can't produce and make little Corys to incite more riots in this world. I'm doing a uh, public service. It's for you guys, uh, not for me. Allow me to uh, fill in a couple little holes, holes here and there and or supplement it from my point of view as a... As, as not a security guard, but just the guy at the concert. As a degenerate concert goer. You're the, yes. by, by the way, in, I, I was the upstanding uh, pillar no, of no, the no. law, Hold and on. you were the degenerate in this story. No, Continue. Not not true. So, System of a Down, big fan of them. They're, they're already kind of, um, or they, they've, they've always been kind of one of those more uh, political type bands, kind of like uh, uh, a la Rage Against the Machine, like anti-establishment, fuck the government. government Dixie Chicks. People. Sure. Yeah, Dixie Chicks. <laughs> uh, and then Slipknot. Um, you know, they're 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 kind of like a a metal band, but they've also had this kind of like at the especially at the time right after nine eleven, they had this kind of like rhetoric like we need to fight, we need to take a stand together as a country. And um, I I could I could have swore that part of the whole Corey Taylor speech when he was trying to get like all of his like you said this his friends. Yes, on the, on the floor with him, I I'm pretty sure he brought out like this ginormous flag. Like I want to remember, I want to recall that he brought out like this huge United States, like American flag, and was like waving it around yes. and like that's accurate. Hey, hey, my friends, come down here. Blah 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 blah. So just to to be clear, there was no like actual direction to what he was saying. None of it right. made sense. It, it, there's that old term, "rebel without a clue." Uh, that would be completely ap applicable to Corey Taylor, the giant douchebag. He, uh, <laughs> different perspectives, you and I, on Corey Taylor. I like the guy. Um, I met him I met him at a separate concert once before and actually got to meet him personally backstage, me and him. And, and, and brother. he lied to your face for the no. whole time. Continue. Cool, cool guy. Um, he, uh, so yeah, so he, he definitely incited like, like, you know, come down here, all my friends, get on the floor. I don't, I, he, he, I don't think he specifically said for all the people in like the hundred and two hundred level seats in the forum, the nosebleeds to like actually go to the floor level. But when you have like Aaron said, like we all these younger, angsty fucking post nine eleven kids, like they wanna they kinda wanna be patriotic, but they kinda just wanna be angsty anyway. I don't know for a fact 
but I, I think my brother and his girlfriend were two of those, of the throng of people that rushed the floor. My brother and his girlfriend were two of those kids. I was like, fuck this. I'm sitting in my seat. I don't need to go down there. I'm cool. Like, I stayed up in the seats and watched, quote unquote, watched our seats. I didn't need to jump down several levels of the uh, plaza to go down the floor and enjoy, like, this giant mosh pit party nonsense going on. Um, yeah, so anyway, Corey Taylor, I actually met him before at a different, at several different concerts. Uh, my brother, again, being a big Slipknot fan. And every time we met him backstage, he's been the sweetest guy. He has been. He allowed us to take pictures with him and his, uh, back then, pregnant girlfriend. He he laughed about you afterwards. He's like, that fucking douche thought, thought I, I was I cool saw... with him. Fuck that guy. I just want his money. That's what he's saying in his head the whole time. I think I've seen him because he's also been in his, his other band. Um, I'm forgetting the name of his other band. He had another band going on for a while, too. But I've seen them. I've seen Corey Taylor performances probably like five or six times. You know, all those with my brother, of course, because he's a big fan of his. Um, and every time we did manage to see him backstage, he was the nicest guy. He really was. Cool guy. Down to earth. Um, Didn't Aaron try to kill like you, that. so you're biased. No. Fun concert. Uh, the forum is still there. I've been to a couple concerts ooh, ooh, since. Ooh, do, you, do you know the name of, of one of, like, what is, what is Slipknot's best song? What is their most uh, notable song? The one that probably put them on the map, like their very first album, was yes. probably Wait and Bleed. Um, that was one of their, fir- like, from their first album. They've, they've had, like, four or five good songs on their first album. And they've had several albums since. I couldn't for the life of me think of any songs um, but, but but so wait and bleed that's like a good song okay so just their- just just hold on i want to just take a step back because i want to i want to <laughs> really analyze the depth of slipknot we're talking about oh he's such a good guy blah 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 let's see this and this was it's metal it's metal it's not supposed to be nice and cheery it's supposed to be dark and ominous and st- but but again, this was unprompted. I've never even looked at a Slipknot song before. Let's let's see. Wait, wait and bleed. I felt that hate rise up in me. Kneel down and clear the stone of leaves. I don't kneel. So he's felt the hate rise up in me. Is he kneeling down and clearing the the stone of leaves? That's a very weird mixed metaphor. I wander out where you can't see inside my shell. I wait and bleed. So he. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's bleeding inside a shell. This, 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 this imagery is very strange. So the hate's coming up, but he's Aaron, bleeding you're clearly, out. You're, There's a you're stone of leaves. Not a, you're not a fan of metal. You're clearly not a fan of like dark. I wander uh, out where you can't see inside my shell. I wait and bleed. It's, it's just, it's just very angsty little. He, so, so first, first of all, they're, they're, Inside a shell, I mean, you're not going to bleed. The whole point of his shell stone sour. Is, I just is, remember the name is of that, that you're protected. Stone sour. It just doesn't really make sense because you wouldn't be bleeding until you were exposed to the outside world, unless your shell. And the only way you would bleed is if your shell was broken. The metaphor inherently doesn't make sense. It's just sloppy got, writing. Here, do do this, do this. Look up their song "Heretic." You lo- you like those lyrics a little bit better. <laughs> such, such a nice guy. Inside my shell, I wait and bleed. God They're, damn it. Uh, Heretic Anthem? Sure, yeah, probably. I'm a pop star threat, and I'm not dead yet. Not yet, Corey, because I haven't seen you on the street yet. Fucking 
We might have to amend this, you little bitch. I got a super dread bet with an angel drug head. Wait, got a super dread bet with an angel drug head. Oh, so so when I was talking about the whole uh, process you have to go when you join the meth head gang under the bridge, apparently he's already, he was at this point, he was somewhere in the middle of that process. So I'm relating to this song a little bit more already. Um, like a deadbeat winner... I want to be a sinner. Who hasn't? Okay. Okay. I'm connecting with this one a little bit. An idolized bang for the industry killer. Wait. An idolized bang for the industry killer. Is he the industry killer or is he talking? Is he going to? I don't know. I'm not a Slipknot fan, dude. This is, I'm just saying, uh, the, 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 this is another one of their big songs and I like like uh, their, their uh, tag. A, a hideous man that you don't understand. And okay. See this one, again, I'm relating more. All at I think in all of our lives, at some point, we have been hideous in one way or the other. You know, for some of us, it just might be some of the, the thoughts we have when we're feeling low late at night. For Corey, it just might be the, the, the actual physical things that he does and the way he affects others by trying to kill them at a show at the Great Western Forum. It's different <laughs> for all of us, but we've all felt like that at some point. So I, I understand what that. Throw a suicide party and I'm guaranteed to fucking snap. Okay. Corey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this together and I'll invite you, and uh, I'm I'm just gonna I'll, I'll send your your little little evite with with just really deep demeaning things about your character. We're just gonna prime you to snap at the suicide party. I like where you're thinking. I'm supersonic. It's pornoholic. I, I think I think we just learned that Corey has a little problem with premature ejaculation. I think that's what that means. He says, okay. "I'm supersonic. It's pornoholic. He's he's very quick. <laughs> That's he's. We're learning more about Corey than I wanted to know. Uh, and you know what? Maybe that's why he's he's um, he's suicidal because it's like he wants to actually enjoy having sex with a woman, and then it's not even. He doesn't even manage to get a single thrust, and he's done. And he's like, I can't. I'm oh, worthless. Jesus. I'm a hideous man, and." You know, well, he said he's supersonic. It's faster than the speed of sound. Well, um, see, that's it's funny how that's how you uh, extrapolate those words, interpret those words with four, like what are they, four or five words? Armando, I'm I'm a trained English major oh, via okay. Whittier College. I've learned how to accurately interpret, you know, poetic lyrics. You don't have the same scope of training and mastery that I have. Uh, via my degree at Whittier College, Apolo so just apologies, apologies. And then, and then I don't understand. She says, "If you're five five five, then I'm six six six. Um, I think, I think that's just saying he's he's 111 better. I don't understand what that means. Um, I, I I was an English major, not a math major. We might have to call up uh, Dennis Dion or Lawrence Franklin to work out the numbers for us on that one. And then he and then he finishes saying, "Everybody's so infatuated. Everyone's so completely sure of what we are." Which again, I don't. I think I think the whole Earth is continually in motion, and we're all <laughs> changing and evolving, and we're not the same people. That we that we were from yesterday to the next day to the next day. So to say that we're sure of who we are, I think I think that is a um, a gross misunderstanding of the human condition, Corey. You got a lot of growing up to do, kid. And uh, he says everyone def everyone defamates from miles away. Well, that's actually very prophetic. I mean, with social media, people are defamating from from uh, hundreds of miles away. 
but face to face, they haven't got a thing to say. You, you know what? Preach, Corey. I don't know how he predicted all this. <laughs> I, I bleed for this and I bleed for you inside of his egg. We've, we've learned oh, that he's, a, he's in an egg from the last one and he's somehow bleeding in the egg. I don't maybe maybe there was some sort of some birth complication. He's, he's a little little duck and the, the uh, he's 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 a sad, bloody duck inside an egg. Still, you look at my face like I'm somebody new toy. Nobody wants that was. Such a weak. <laughs> he gets he gets so angsty, and he's like, "I'm a toy that nobody wants." Um, hey, look, and, and you know you what? So- you know what type of toy he is? He he is he is a jack in the box. Not only because that's what he puts in his mouth, because he's a clown inside his little egg box. That's what you are, Corey. You're a clown wow. in an egg box. And you're bleeding well, for some reason. You know why you're he, bleeding? Because you ate literal Jackie Jack in the Box, and you're shitting out blood. He uh, hate on him all you want, but the man uh, has had a very successful music musical career. He's and, a punk uh, kid. Apparently, he's older than both of us. I think. What, what's his name again? Co- Corey Taylor. Taylor. I'm and, gonna... You know, he's he's been able to connect with a bunch of other angsty. Kids and, okay, he's uh, he's he's forty six. He's a child. He's a man child. Corey he's Taylor. Older than you and I. He's older than both of us. How's he a man child? Did you not read the song lyrics? No, I think the guy. I just I told you. Guy, I explained it all. I laid it laid it bare for the world to see. Again, I, the guy's a very successful uh, musician. Um, and, I and, think. And you know and what, I'm, Corey Taylor? On, wait, I, d- I don't care that you're forty six and you're only five foot seven. If I ever he's see you. And I, I don't know what you look like, so I don't know how that's going to happen. But if I do, I'm going to kick you in the balls. He uh, he is a little guy. He is short. I do remember that. Um, very successful musician. I'm going to go on a limb, and, I'm, and I've said this before, and I'm going to stand by even now because you, you've 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 just you've just spit a lot of hate towards the guy. Is it a Corey Taylor hold limb, on. and it, does it have a noose at the end of it? No. Hold on. Um, this guy has probably in in our lifetime, and, and uh-huh. you can disagree. You can disagree all you want. Uh huh. One of the top five, like metal vocalists of our time, easily, easily. I mean, like his, the, his 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 voice and uh, I, I mean I, I can't say much for the lyrics. I don't really know a whole lot of the lyrics, but as a, as a vocalist, a singer, metal singer specifically. I'd say he's in my top five of all time, of our time, not all time, of our time. Now, does he rank ahead or behind Avril Lavigne? Oh, come on. (laughs) Jesus. That's horrible. That's bad. How dare you, sir? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even metal. I didn't mean to respect Avril Avril Lavigne like that. I'm sorry. Holy moly. I know. I compared them. You're right. You're right to be upset. I. I uh, Ever Levine and Ever Levine fans, I issue a personal apology. I was wrong to make that comparison. Um, he obviously can't hold a candle to her. Armando, you are correct to be upset. How did we get on? How did we get on this concert and Corey Taylor and Slipknot and everything? I'm trying to retrace like how we got to this. Point oh, so we so we're, we were talking about stress relieving techniques, and when we were talking about. Uh, running 5Ks, okay. and you talk about the Pico Marathon. I talk, I, w- I went into Yes Anding um, experiences in Los Angeles, which led into okay. Yes so, Anding. Hold on. So, so uh, methods of relieving stress. 
for those <laughs> angsty, youthful kids. Hold we, on. We know how, we know how Corey, no. Corey Taylor does it, and it takes less than a second. <laughs> don't, don't. Angsty, especially the you know kids that have no real direction. I mean, not that not that I have a direction in life really. To let's be honest, but for younger kids that have like zero direction, they're just floating by, living day by day, angsty, angry. Hey, one of their releases of stress is to go to a concert like a metal concert, and 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 get into a mosh pit and and get some of that anger out. Um. I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend it for guys our age, for yours and our age. Like we, our bodies probably can't handle the mosh pits stuff anymore. Um, but uh, you know, for us, that's where exercise comes in. You know, getting getting the sweat on. You know, getting the workout in. I'll tell you one thing about the metal community, okay? Because I've been I've been firsthand um, uh, at a lot of these concerts my my brothers you know my brother's been in several bands i think when we were college students he was like an emo band ever since that time he's been in nothing but like like metal like heavy bands he's been in like three or four metal bands since you know and because of him in all of these uh metal groups he's been a, a, a like a lead singer vocalist i've gone to a, a few of his concerts i've gone to other concerts um where he's wanted to go and um let me tell you, the metal community, some of the nicest people you've ever, ever met, outside of their, like, you know, black lipstick, makeup, pierced earrings, all this bullshit, um, if you actually got to talk to some of these people, like, they're all, they're, like, one of the biggest, strongest um, community. like, they're the tightest communities as far as music is concerned. Like, I don't see other, let's just say, Britney Spears fans, like, following her, every, like, pop fans, um... Whereas I think the metal uh, community genre community, um, they're they're pretty they're pretty like uh like they're a subculture and they're pretty tight and they're actually pretty nice positive people when you get to talk to them and get to know. There I said it. Can I tell you I also met um, on a different occasion. I also met Serge Tonkian from System of a Down. I don't know yeah, I remember. I remember. Oh, so, so two questions. I remember you talking about System of Down. I thought they were a lot more interesting musically than than anybody else. Um, but but can you also remind? Can you remind me? There was this one song lyric that you always used to sing, and I because it's embedded in my long term memory. And, and I'm trying to remember what that was from. You would go like, you'd like, I I just don't know what to do with myself. Oh. No, no, no. That's actually White Stripes. Uh, that, that wasn't. I know it's not System of Down. I'm just trying to remember what it because you would do it all the time. That might have been the White Stripes, actually. But but oh. the, but System of a Down has a song called Lonely Day. Um, uh, I got a lot of our friends into uh, System of a Down because I was like such a big fan of theirs um, musically. Uh, again, they're like you know one of those political type groups. Um, with a heavy, like a heavy twist to it. And the singer Serge Tonkin's actually got a very, very good, he's got like an operatic good voice. Like he's done opera shit. Um, there's a clip out there on YouTube where he does, uh, he does the reigns of Castamere from games of game of Thrones. And he sings the, the words of it. And it's a very, very nice, touching, good song, a departure from his metal persona. So check it out on YouTube. It's good. But, um, so yeah, uh, we have a brother, um, Tucker, Tucker Mackenberg. Shout out to Tucker Mackenberg. He knew I was a big fan of um, Serge Tonkin's. 
Um, let me let me retrace. It was like a like a he Tucker would host these like uh, St. Patrick's Day parties at his place. He had this apartment in like Sherman Oaks or some shit, and one of his neighbors was um, Serge's Serge Tonkin's, uh cousin or something like that. And this this party this this uh, this uh, uh, um, St. Patrick's Day party like they do this this party in conjunction with each other with all the with all the neighbor, neighbors in the vicinity so they wouldn't piss each other off. Big noise, big loud music, a lot of alcohol being served. Good time. Anyway, um, at this St. Patrick's Day party, Tucker had like this gazebo type of deal, like this big giant. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's an easy up. It was more like a tent. It was like a bigger tent. Uh, and um, he bought it specifically for that party. And once he was done with it, it was like, "What am I gonna do with this shit?" Fast forward like a week later, a couple of days later, and Tucker calls me out of the blue. He's like, "Hey man, thanks for coming out to the party. I need to ask you for a big favor." I'm like, uh, "Okay, sure. Can you come out to my place in Sherman Oaks and help me um help me break down this tent? And we got to go deliver it to some guy. He he wants to buy it off me or something." I'm like, uh, "Okay, fuck it. I got nothing else to do." Drove my ass all the way from from here, Whittier, to Sherman Oaks, which is about oh an hour, hour fifteen, give or take. Go to Tucker, break down the tent, pack it up in his, I think he had like one of those PT cruisers back in the day. And then we proceeded to drive through um, God, Malibu Canyon area. I can't, I can't 100% recall where where this place was. All I remember is it was like rich people area. Like I like all the houses there were like multi-million. Now, I'm not saying multi-million like as in like, there are multi-million dollar houses in Whittier that look like dog shit. Okay, I'm talking about like in the tens of millions of dollars houses. Um, we're driving in this neighborhood in um, Malibu Canyon Road somewhere, and um, we pull off at this house, and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is a fucking fancy house." Whoever's buying this tent off of Tucker's got like some money to him, you know. So Tucker's like, "Here, give me a hand. Let's start setting this thing up." Apparently, the owner of this house wants to use this tent as like a carport for his electric vehicle or like his his eco vehicle whatever the fuck it was it was like an eco Wait, what, what what type of this is this is a while ago right this was i was still a student i think so yeah. this was like 2002 2001 wait so so what's that? i'm trying to even think what sort of electric vehicle it would be from back then there was then. only one it was only one it was like the 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 one the the hybrid the there's only one model out there. I think they were the only. There was the only, the only. Um, it was one of the firsts. I couldn't tell you what it was. In any case, we're setting up this uh, tent thing, carport thing, um, and uh, yeah, he's like, he's telling me like, yeah, apparently the owner wants to use it for like the carport for like this eco-friendly car that they drive, and they want it to be outside because the garage is already like, they can't use the garage for some reason. I'm like, uh, okay, and out comes. Of this house, it took me a while to figure out who the hell it was. It took me like a few minutes because the guy's mustache was shaved off, and I'd only seen I'd only seen Serge Tonkin before with the full like goatee and his mustache and you know the rocker metal hair thing, and and uh, he comes out of the house with his mustache completely gone, and so he looked kind of weird to me, and I go, oh mm-hmm. fuck. And Tucker's like, yeah, dude, hold, like, he's like, D- don't get starstruck, like, just hold it together, like, yeah, th- yes, we're at, we're at Serge's from System of a Down, we're at his house, like, uh, okay, I tried really hard to just kind of play it cool, 
and um, Serge comes out to meet us, and he's asking Tucker and I. He's like, "Hey guys, thanks for doing this for us, for me." Blah 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 blah. Um, you guys want some water? I'm like, we're like, sure, whatever. And Serge goes inside his house, brings out like some fucking tall glasses of like mineral water or something. It wasn't regular water. It was like mineral water or something. I remember the water being a little not normal tasting. But I'm like, we're like done setting up the tent and everything. And he's like, hey, you guys, you guys want a tour of my my garage? I'm like, uh, okay. Apparently, he turned his like two-car garage or three-car garage into like his own little private uh, uh, studio, like a recording studio. So he's got like... He's got, like, a shit ton of instruments all over the place. I'm talking about, like, he's got, like, ten different guitars. He's got, like, a sitar. He's got, like, keyboards. He's got, like, drums. All kinds of shit. He's got, like, bongos and all this weird, wacky shit, like, everywhere. He's got the full-on, like, um, you know, programming board and recording equipment stuff there. And he's, like, showing us around all this stuff. And he ends up giving me and Tucker, like, a hat and, like, a couple CDs and shit. And we took pictures of them. Um, totally, totally cool guy. I was surprised. His brother rolls up, um, in a motorcycle and Serge asks to like, had to bum a cigarette from his brother. And I'm thinking like, holy shit, you're a metal guy and you're supposed to be taking care of your, like your number one tool. You're like your voice. And he are smoking a cigarette and I didn't say anything, but he's like, oh, don't worry about it guys. I don't smoke that much. But, uh, yeah, that was a cool experience. I don't know how the hell we got onto this. I'm waiting for you to like. Uh... Oh, oh, I, I, I mean, I explained uh, the, the, the progression. It was all. It all started from t- when we were talking about stress relievement, and and then the Pico oh. Marathon, and that that was me talking about yes ending, uh, and then and that led to the story of the Great Western Forum, my hate for for Corey Taylor, <laughs> and um, and again, I, I, I do think System of a Down is a much much uh, more interesting. Uh, lyrical band i i it's funny i never actually just looked at at metal lyrics like that before like seeing them (laughs) in black and white on a screen is like really uh illuminating on how fucking stupid and simple they are yeah they are but you got to remember they connect with the kids like i said sometimes they need a a way to you know to relieve some of that that uh, mental anxiety and shit that they're going through when they're when they're you know no I, i understand i i really actually do understand and while you were telling that story, I was actually writing lyrics from the perspective of a concert goer <laughs> to that show. Oh no, it's so and bad. It's I, so the, the one problem is I can't. I really think it has to be sung in that sort of pop punky. Like how do you, how do you do that? Because I because I remember, um, you know, who could do could slip into that perfectly was Zach Steckline. He. I remember him yeah. doing a pop. No, it was like it was. It was sort of like an SNL esque imitation of a pop punk singer. It was very nasal. It's like, well, oh, he had different I, ones. He had like the he could he could like try to imitate like the Blink One Eighty Two nasally, all the small things out. He could do that. He could also do like the uh, he could also do like the Creed type of like her 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 her. You know, like nah, kinda... yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking more like the Blink 182 nasally. Like, how how do you how do you sing like that? Because I think I need to add a little bit of flavor f- to my lyrics. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna. I mean, that's exactly like I just said. It would be kind of like, like, uh, I'm trying to think of fucking. Uh, what? No, yeah, you need to be lyrics. my vocal coach for a second. What, what's a good Blink 182 song? 182, all the small things. Probably. That's oh, a good no, one no, to the practice one, on. The one that the one that uh, Zach would almost always was uh, was uh, 
fuck. What was that song called? It was like their first hit. Not all the small things. Uh, What's my age again? Yeah, there you go. I won't try to argue and hold it against you. Oh, that's pretty good. That was like, like, well, Zach would do it better. Later on, on the drive home, I called her mom from a payphone. I said I was the cops and your husband's in jail. The state looked down and saw it on me. Like, it's like yeah, high yeah, yeah, nasally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's, that's, how do I, how do I make it better than that? Well, first of all, none of us are good at Blink-182 uh, impressions so yeah I, we, we, there's no way we can make it better than that no i just want some some pointers on 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 my my vocals just so i can really convey my my lyrics and their deep true meaning to people so they, they can get it and they can connect with it the way well, that, i mean if, that, you, uh, if you're trying to get some of that angstiness out you gotta yes, kind of oh, i need more angstiness exactly here i'll sing you another verse and you can get you get sure and, and that's about the time the bitch hung up on me. Nobody <laughs> likes you when you're 23. Oh, no, no, you, it's like you have I, to have that like kind of like waver in your voice. I, I can't I'm, hit the notes, but I'm trying. You feel the emotion and the passion. I, I don't feel the – I think the emotion you're going for, I don't feel that emotion. I actually feel more like like embarrassed for you. <laughs> Having just sang that, Having just sang that, the way you sang it, I'm like – uh. There's a reason why you didn't it's go. Because it's because you're an old man and you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah, there you go. You there don't you go. get it. You don't get it. You don't oh, get it. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I, so here, here, here are my lyrics. You ready? Sure. I'm angry, zero direction, can't maintain an erection, so I go somewhere to blow off steam. I wake up, put on black stick, uh, black lipstick and makeup, and go where angry teens meet. It's the forum. Fuck security guards and decorum. I'm gonna go where I please. Why is this asshole stopping me? Please, Lord Corey, set us free. Kill Aaron, <laughs> stamp him, trample him, fuck him, we'll all kill Aaron, kill Aaron, stamp him, trample him, we'll all kill Aaron. That, that needs some work, but that's not a bad start, actually. That's not a bad start for like a Blink-182-ish post-punk, like punk kind of angsty. Uh, Let, let's, let's just reflect on the fact I wrote that in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying like. You wrote that in two minutes. The, the musicianship needs a little more work probably, but I give it a, an A for effort. Um, it's got a little bit of Green Day there too. <laughs> uh, nice try. Good good work. Good work, sir. I think I found my true calling. I'm going to be the front man of a, a teen pop punk band. It's not It's Did not you, too late to get, for that dream, is it? Probably. Did I miss the boat? What, yeah. don't, you don't understand me and my dreams, man. You don't get it. Do you uh do you remember My black eyeliner is running now. Do you remember Kevin Ow's stint as a I do uh, remember Kevin Ow. Kevin Ow's stint as like a, a, a we went to see him in LA. He was like a with the, a, with the, 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 the uh oh, that choir? What was the name of it? No, it wasn't a choir. It was like a it was like he, a Well he wasn't a choir. No, I, yeah, he was in the choir, but I'm saying no, at this specific performance we saw in LA was when he was like a fill-in keyboardist for like a traveling musician that needed like a like a studio keyboardist. Oh, I don't. I know. I never saw so, any of those performances. Well, there was only one. We went to go see him in L.A. 
I don't know if it was like the Troubadour or the Whiskey, but it was one like the one of like the big bigger venues in L.A. But it was like an uh-huh. off day. It was like middle of the week, like Tuesday or Wednesday. And and uh, Kevin was like excited. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm I mean, I'm gonna play keyboard at the whatever show. There's this traveling musician guy, some fucking pop punk nerdy kind of not pop punk. Well, like." You know, sort of punk, top 40. On the best day, you were just a rebound girl. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It was that kind of shit. Um, I was, that's what, that's where I was going to is like, have you, did you ever hear that, that, that studio version of, because I've heard both versions. Actually, I think I have. I made a music video to the studio version of Rebound Girl. I I legit did. I, I, uh, I had like an actress complain, and then the, the sad part was like after we filmed it, I'm like, "Oh fuck, that was dumb. I know what we should have done, but you know, whatever." I tried. I've heard. I have. I think I have both recordings, both versions of the recordings of that song. I think I have one where it's Kevin Ow and a keyboard and a microphone, and he's doing the whole thing by himself. I think mm-hmm. I have that like on an MP3 somewhere. No, I've got the, the studio, the studio version where he they actually had uh, like a band, like a band and yeah. a lead singer and the whole deal. That was a good song. Um, so I, no, I understand what you're saying. So I need to recruit Kevin Ow as part of my band. Yes, uh huh, for sure. Got it. This is this is like um, if you ever seen those. those if, I feel like this is some sort of sort of like uh, like sh- like serial show where the protagonist has to recruit their. Their 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 crew. So I'm I I step one keyboardist. Step two, uh, probably backup dancers. That's yes. I think the most important part. Yeah. And then then I have to get a lead to guitar because I uh, and then I have to I'm gonna have to probably work on my my abilities as a lead vocalist. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm not you, the best yet. You, you can be the ghostwriter. You can be the guy because you know a lot of, a lot of pop bands, singers, bands. They don't actually write their own music. They just have someone to back write it for them. And then yeah, the band Ed Sheeran. For, he yeah, writes sure. all every song that's been on the top 100 billboards for the last decade is written by Ed Sheeran. So then you can do that with the exception of actually having the um, the performance part. No, of no, it. no, no, no. I'm gonna be the lead <laughs> vocalist. I'm going to get, you know, it's going to take hard work and dedication. I'm probably just going to have to get one of those Rocky montages, but instead of like punching meat and stuff, I'm you gotta, go, Hey, but you gotta, um, you can't, you have to have a stage name. Like you can't go by Aaron Jaffe. Like you got to change your name around. What would your, what would your stage name be? Like it had to be some <laughs> cooler sounding, you know what I mean? Right. So, so it's, it's gotta be, so it's, it's, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, good stage names for musicians. They're usually either a full name, you know, like Axl Rose, or they're short. One one name, Slash, Sting. They're and they're usually adjectives. A lot of you know nowadays, like all these, like uh, I don't know a whole lot about like the rap hip hop scene. Really, I don't. But like, there's like one name, you know, mumble rappers and all this shit. Like you could just mm-hmm. be Aaron. Like Akon, but Aaron. Oh well, I would be A Aaron if that was it. That's obvious. A just Aaron. A A A No A A Aaron. A Aaron. No, I think it'd be better if it's just. Have, like have you not seen that Key and Peele skit? No, I because oh good lord, uh, we didn't get it. There, there was just a, a Key and Peele skit where um, there was, I believe the setup was was like a a substitute teacher from the hood goes to uh sub at, at like a like a 
I don't think it was a privileged school, but like at a white school. So he and he just doesn't know how to pronounce anybody's name. Like oh. there's like there's Principal O'Shaughnessy, and he's like, man, I I gotta go see Principal Principal O'Shag Hennessy. And they're like, do you mean <laughs> Principal O'Shaughnessy? So and there's so one of the kids' names is Aaron, and he's like, is A A Ron here? A I'm looking for A A Ron. Gotcha. And, I've I've had many people since that skit that came out however long ago be like, oh, Aaron. I'm like, yeah, no, it's the Keen's Peel skit. Good job. I've never I've never seen that. I, no, I think you should just be like Aaron, like A dash R O N, like Aaron. That's your stage name. We're, we're gonna have to workshop this. I mean, sure. um, you can you can be creative director uh, slash management. I don't know if you have. You're not quite at my level of musical ability, so. <laughs> Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can you can actually be in the band, but yeah, I understand. I see where you're, where where you're going. You want to latch on to to this, this budding stardom. That's cool. That's no problem. We'll find a place for you and and you know in the crew, um, in the entourage, if you will. Have you ever seen that show, Entourage? Did you? Ever I see I, I did. I used to like it, and then it just I I actually joked, and this I'm, I'm trying to to. Let me, just, let me try to explain that. Like when I was an assistant coach and I was working for this completely dysfunctional school, I I would I I would often say that I felt like our our life, in terms of plot structure, felt very similar to episodes of Entourage, but not in terms of content. Meaning that like the the plot structure in Entourage is like, yay, everything's great, we're cool. Oh no, there's this crisis. Oh fuck, everything's gonna go. Okay, we resolved the crisis. We're cool again. And the next episode, it would just repeat all again. Yeah. And that's what it felt like at that school. Every week, it was like, "Oh no, the school's going to close because of this." Oh no, we don't. We're going to lose our whole recruiting class because this happened. Oh no, we're not going to get into the NCAA. It was like always crisis after crisis. And I was like, I feel like we're. And then we. Oh, and then we'd always go and drink and like get fucked up at the end, which is what they did at Nantrash. Right. I think I watched like the. First, I don't know how many. Uh, how many. Uh seasons of it there were but let's just say there was six i think i saw like the first four and then i stopped watching yeah. them. then they made a movie too but i didn't watch the movie i did not either apparently the, the movie was terrible um so i feel like we we worked through uh the pitfalls and and the uh highs of yes ending uh we've, we've got you know if I really do need to make a late career switch. I think we've really mapped that out pretty good. I also think that this discussion may have shed a little bit of, of light on, on my uh, degenerating sort of uh, mental status and why maybe I, I'm, I'm connecting with some of these these uh, metal lyrics, which brings <laughs> us all the way back to like stress relief. Do you have any like just good like short-term things you do for stress relief where – I mean, exercise is good. I feel like I'm a little bit limited there. Um, you whack off. Yeah, that's... You wake up in the morning. You wake up in the morning. You take a morning shit. You whack off. Take a shower. They don't have to be in that order, but those three things are probably important in the morning. The first things you do... Those what, do you, what do you mean they don't have... Are you, are you suggesting you take a shower and then whack off? That's absolute sacrilege. Like, if, if, that, if that happens, if if... If you take a shower and then whack off, at that point, like, just pretend the day never happened. Go back to sleep for a second. Get up and start all over because you fucked you fuck that day all up right. from the start. Well, okay, whatever. We, tomato, tomato, whatever. Um, but those three things are probably key in the mornings. And then for me, I like coffee in the morning. And that starts to start the day and go. So that's a day starter for you. Pro yeah, uh-huh. 
Interesting. Not really that interesting. I'm actually now I'm trying not to act. I'm actively <laughs> trying not to think about it. So next time, but, you, so, so so you're never gonna want to text me like "Good morning, Armando," because you you don't know what I might be. <laughs> you don't know what I might be doing. Uh, I, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you. Uh, Good morning, Armando. And then just send a. Uh, who should I send you a picture? I'll just send you a picture of like Mitch McConnell. Who's that? Oh, uh, you don't even know who that is. That uh, I was trying to think of someone who's just sort of grotesquely hideous. Oh, okay. Uh, um, wait, who? Like, that's a good question. Google, Google. Who is the grossest? Oh, that's not fair. Gross. I'm just cheating. Grossest celebrity. I think another another thing that helps kind of relieve stress too, like for me, is um, is is unplugging from from as much uh, as you can. And when I mean mm-hmm. unplugging, I mean like I used to when back in back when I used to play poker like consistently back ten fifteen years ago with all of our buddies. I would always like look at Scott Sauter and he like it was like a twitch for him to pick up his phone like every minute on the minute like it was like mm-hmm. secondhand nature. To like pick up his phone and look at see if he's got an email or whatever it was back back then there wasn't a bunch of apps back then it was just work shit but yes. he had to pick his phone up like once every minute on the minute I think back then it was easy for me to say oh like oh you're a fucking dork like put your phone down we're playing poker I think now I think now it's probably the norm I think a lot of us do that now I think a lot of us like pick up the phone want to look at our social media. Or turn on the TV, watch the news. Every our phone is designed now to be like, give me attention, give me attention, yeah. this thing, that thing, like buzz, alert, beep. Um, I think you're right. One, one of the one of the ways that I, I used to do that, which is it was sort of um, a, a way where like you just there was really no other option, was I would go way off deep in the mountains where I mean, forget about. Unplugging. There's just no signal or no reception, reception anything, yeah. and there's no traffic. And usually, I'd go far enough where I would just wouldn't even see other people. But I just haven't done that lately. I think I think it'd be and and um I I wouldn't be the best uh, example of it. But I, but like like your phone, like just stay away from anything that's plugged in for like two hours. Like just set yourself a goal or set yourself, um you know, try to get to that. Maybe an hour. It doesn't have to be two hours, where you can um, put everything away, go outside, you know, fucking walk on grass for a little bit, or walk on, you know, whatever. If you're by the beach, walk on the beach for a little bit. But just for an hour, do something where you're not taking um, inputs. Like I say, inputs mm-hmm. like short circuit, like Johnny Five. Input need input need input, like tv i i can't i can't watch the news i can't i like i it it fucking it it heightens my anxiety like watching it especially right now with the elections and all this shit going like it just makes me tense you know what i mean and i think i think i'm not the only one i think it happens to a lot of people i think, I think oh every, everybody i mean my, myself included for sure and i think uh, if if again if 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 we set ourselves like a little personal goal to do that like an hour a day at least um, and I, and I mean like anything that's plugged in TV, video games, radio, um, our phones, computers, like I think it'd be, it'd be much healthier if, if we all did like an hour of that, and it doesn't have to be like meditating. It could just be like, just not being plugged in. 
That's by the way. That's who I'm going to text you uh, tomorrow morning. It will be a, a nice, a nice text of a close up of Richard Simmons. Oh no! Wait, Richard Simmons, pre eighty five or post eighty five? Po- po- post eighty five, but still really short shirts and a tight tank top. Oh no! That'd be bad. I don't even think I know what he looks like anymore. Um, but I think that's a good short term, easy goal. Doesn't require a whole lot of. It doesn't require a whole lot of effort anyways. In fact, it's like it's the opposite of effort. You're you're trying to just avoid anything else cuz it it does. It you know, um yeah, uh, you just got to give your your mind a chance where it can kind of slow down and work through things at, at a more natural pace instead of constantly getting input this, you know. I, I think look at this thing, look at that thing. I think that's part of the reason why I also don't want to live in LA anymore or in Southern California specifically, but I want to go a little more some are more remote. You, you talked about going on your long hikes. That's why I like going camping because, guess what? You have no reception. Your fucking phone's worthless. You're not. You're not anywhere where you need to be anywhere at a specific time. You're just kind of there, present, albeit like by a bonfire, campfire, whatever, shooting the shit with some friends. Um, but you're like, I don't know. You just need to be more present, I guess. I say you, I mean, like, I, I, I like that. I like going camping. I, that's why, that's why Flagstaff is very um, appealing to me because it, it feels like it's got a little bit more of that kind of separation, um, slowing the, slowing life down a little bit, you know, acknowledging little things, appreciating little things better and not being so like, I need to be here at this point at this time. LA does that to you. LA does it to you for sure. Big cities. You know? so, sort of. I mean, compared to the East Coast, not so much. But like that—that that was one of the things that really was weird for me when I got to LA. I was like, "Wow!" Like everybody feels like they're in slow motion here. Yeah, like in the East yeah, Coast, there's, there's people are like, "Fucking, we we got stuff to do. We got yeah. we got to be like." You're walking a little bit too slow. Get the fuck out of my way. It was like that sort of yeah. There's, energy. There's, there's certainly levels to it. Like I for sure, I would say like Manhattan is super high paced. Um, yeah. But LA, like for LA, it's like you get stuck in traffic, so you get that shit. You get that kind of anxiety, like mm-hmm. where we don't have like the good public transportation system. We have to drive. Sure don't. If we want to go to the beach and it's only like ten, fifteen miles away, like you got to plan like forty-five minutes to get there, thirty minutes to find a fucking parking spot, you know. So you got to plan your day around like a a, a nice little getaway with like like that, and and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I, I like, um, you know, you talked about like being consistent about exercise. And one of those things that helps is when you're like right there, wherever your source of exercise may be. Mm-hmm. For me, like, ha- you know, when I was in Bakersfield, I had that, that trail there, not that trail, the Panorama Bluffs there. So like that was right there. Like it was, I didn't have yeah. to go, I didn't have to drive five minutes, 10 minutes out of my way to go find my source of exercise. And it made me more consistent about doing it. I think if I were in Flagstaff, um, you know, like when I was in the beach, when I lived in Long Beach, the, the the ocean was literally like a quarter mile away from me. So it would make it easier for me. Like, okay, cool. Get your ass up. You're going to go, go on a jog on, on the, on the beach. And there's going to be nice looking girls to be there. And it's, it's relatively serene in the morning. There's waves and water and not a whole lot of vacationers, travelers and shit. Um, I think Flagstaff will provide that in that it's like just you're just kind of out more in nature. There's not so many people there, you know. 
the ocean. It calls me to girls in tight bikinis. That's so horrible, dude. That's so bad. You know who you reminded me of right there? You reminded me of the singer of the B-52s? Is that what the... Fred Schneider? I think that's his name. When, when we're, we're number one on the billboards, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrote... I'm just going to quote you. Armand, that's so bad, Armando Ramirez, the man who had no faith. No, no, you're going to write... Sounds just like Fred Schneider from the B-52s. That too. That'll be the other quote. Um, the tricky thing for me is... A lot of this stuff in the news was like, I feel like I, I, I have to follow it because it is potentially going to directly impact me in the near future. And I have to try to figure out what's going to happen because I need to make plans now. Yeah. Like, no, I get right that. now. I, I, mean, I get you. Well, the, the one specifically I'm talking about is, um, I mean, I guess, I guess when we did the political episode, we talked a little bit about the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. And how how now there there is a six three conservative Supreme Court, and uh, that could lead to the end of the Affordable Care Act. And at this point, I've got my health care through the Affordable Care Act, and I'm trying to get surgery. And it's like I'm I'm trying to figure out like what would the what would happen if they cut the the just the whole Affordable Care Act got cut as a whole. When when would that go into effect? What happens if they cut part of it? Like and because I'm I'm at a point. I mean, open enrollment starts in a few days. I, do I try to get insurance? And not you know uh, that would cover surgery. Do I try to get surgery here? Uh, you know I I can't remember. I told you I was talking that uh, I was I was talking about going to to Germany to try yeah. to get surgery, and then I also just found out how much that would cost. And I was like, oh fuck, that's yeah. just to be, it. It was going to cost thirty six thousand nine hundred euros. Uh, for the uh, sur- like, surgery and travel and all that shit, inclu- like that's no, not even travel, just the surgery <laughs> and, and su- surgery, rehab, rehab, and hospital stay. Thirty six thousand. What's that it translate to in dollars? The euros. Uh, I think I think it's like one point two something euros per dollar. So it's forty thousand some odd dollars. No, no, wait. If one point two euros is one dollar, then thirty six thousand euros is like. Thirty-five hundred or thirty-five. No, it's it's one point one seven U.S. dollars is one euro. Okay, so it's the opposite. The euro is stronger than stronger than the dollar. So it's the way you said it was opposite. You said one point two euros is a dollar, but oh my bad. Um, yeah, so it's like forty-three thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. Well, fuck, dude. Start saving pennies, bro. Well, no, I have. That's the thing. It's like I have the money to do it. Oh shit. Um. Yeah, so so. But then there goes your house, I, right? There goes like your fucking shot at. Yeah, life. pretty much. I mean, that's a, a, a long ways off. I mean, the, the, where that money would come from is my last my last three years as a head coach. Uh, we had an amazing benefits package. Like like I said, the salary wasn't amazing. It you know wasn't I wasn't making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but the retirement. Uh, benefits were incredible. So I just said, put every dollar into retirement that you possibly can. Like I was being good, responsible, uh, made me absolutely broke as fuck when I was a coach, but, um, yeah. And there's like, you know, 50 some thousand dollars in there. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I I could just put my whole, everything that I had towards retirement, which I, I, frankly, I was going to just going to put that to a house, Yeah. but then it's like, 
Is it worth trying to build a house if uh, your neck's all fucked up and you can't sit in a chair? I don't know. It's crazy times, man. Crazy times. And all, all, all that becomes a lot more stressful because I was, I was always like, well, if I can't afford it, I can just get, you know, maybe a subpar surgery in the U.S., but I could still get surgery. And now, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people aren't aware about this, but the Supreme Court is... Uh, literally scheduled to meet on November 10th to review whether the Affordable Care Act is constitutional. Um, and, and so I'm like, I'm like, can, can I get surgery in the U.S.? Am I going to still have insurance by the time yeah. all the all the machinations of our insurance system actually lead to the point where it's approved? I don't know. So it's it's that that along with a lot of other things is stressful. Yeah, but there's a uh, you know there's only so much. There really is only so much we can control. There's a there's a lot more we cannot. And mm-hmm. I guess not that this is gonna solve anything, but like focusing on what's within our reach and within our grasp to do something and change is that's all we can do and all the other shit, well, you know, it's just gonna it's gonna happen. Part of I mean as much as we would like to think that we're we can change the world. Like we're also part of the wave. We're also part of the the ocean. We just, sometimes we just got to sure. go with it. I mean, and that, that was one of the, the key lessons that you're going to find in positive psychologies, especially sports psychology was uh, the way I'd always put it was control the controllables, control things that you can control. There's a lot of different ways you really phrased it. So it's like, you know, if, if a kid was complaining, well, I don't feel like I'm getting enough playing time. And I was like, look, so, there's a lot of things you can't control. How well some of your teammates are playing, you can't control my actions, but you can control what you, you can control whether I know that you want to play. You're doing that right now, but have you done everything to pick up your skills? Have you have you put in extra time in practice? Have you come in for individuals? Are you, you know, getting to sleep early so you're going to perform the best you can in practice? You know, when you get in a game, are you maximizing that? Like all those sort of things you can control. And if you focus on those things, it's going to be a lot more productive than worrying about somebody else. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to apply that here. I'm not, I'm not just sitting there like uh, fretting like, oh my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, you know, I'm looking at it in terms of, okay, so these are the potential outcomes as I see them, you know, so I want a contingency plan if that happens. Okay, you know, do what you can I switch in my insurance so it's going to put me in a better position to to get care in the U.S. Uh, if I can't get care in the U.S., I need a backup plan at least of being able to go to to a different country and do medical tourism. But yeah, all this stuff I'm I am looking at the things that I can control, uh, but it's it's stressful, man. It's yeah. very stressful. Yep. Uh, Cause it's like big. That's the other thing. What if I went all the fuck the way to Germany, and I got that surgery, and then it still didn't fix things? Ugh, that one scares me more than anything. Cause I've I've had plenty of treatments where I've I've dumped a bunch of money into it, and it did not do anything. Yeah, well, that's why you have that three prong attack, right? You're you're you got three things going on, and you think this is the one that's gonna hopefully make the other two a little less to deal with. I guess I don't know how else to say it. Um, but you you attack all three. I mean, you 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 do the one that's the big one, and then you try to figure out a way to to work the other two as well, and see if those. To wrap this all up, let me let me tell you what I actually did this morning because this, this is something that I think probably a lot of people haven't done. Um, but for me, it's been both a good 
thing to to I'm sure they got to put it. It's a good like emergency action if I feel like really stressed and overwhelmed. Also, and also it's been very helpful when I'm feeling run down and sick. You whack off. Um, because I I get when I get communications from the from the Germans, it's at, it's in the middle of the night. So I got I got the email at like I think midnight last night, and and then I see that price tag. I'm like, oh fuck! Like, and I was just I felt I felt literally just sick to my stomach, yeah. um, and you know did not sleep well. So like I wake up feel like shit. I'm like, oh god, we're supposed to do a podcast. Uh, you know, I'm gonna just be a nervous wreck and and not have that lighthearted tone that I would like to achieve. You know, I'd like to, I'd like for these podcasts for both of us and anyone listening to be a little bit of an escape from some of the gloom and doom. So w- one of the things that I've done, I don't I don't know if you've heard of this, but I went and got a an an uh, IV infusion. An um, IV infusion. Yeah. So for. And and so I forget what they call them, but they're they're uh, and, and like a vitamin IV. Like a have you sal- ever had one or even heard of that? No, like like a saline drip of some kind or what? Well, yeah. So so it's, it comes in saline. So, um, do, I mean, do, do you take like a multivitamin? Uh, no, no multivitamins. I take like supplements to help my gut stuff, but no, no multivitamins. Okay. Well, the 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 issue with um, multivitamins is your your kidney. I think it's your kidneys. Uh, will will filter out. Like your your body can only take in so much. So if you take like a bunch of vitamin C, you're just gonna pee out most of it. Okay. Because your body your your digestive system will will filter it out. But if you if you go get you know a saline bag and they put the vitamins right in to your vein, uh-huh. you just your body just gets all of it. Gotcha. Because it goes right into your blood. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm assuming there's a bunch of these places in California. They're all over Denver. Probably. Where where you you go in and they just hook you up to yeah. It's it's a saline bag with um, with and there's like different mixtures they have. They've got ones for for hangovers. Like if you go to Vegas, they yeah. They've I've got seen ones. those. I've seen those ones in Vegas. Uh, and then, but then they also have ones for you know more tailored to athletic performance or to help your immune system or. Um, you know, energy, all kinds of things. There's some that even have uh, have Toradol, which I don't recommend. But Toradol. Uh, oh, that's t- t- uh, Toradol. The uh, stuff that Dominic Cruz took, like the uh, anti-inflammatory shit, right? Or an- oh, did he take Toradol? He might. He might have taken. He 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 used Botox in his feet. He might have also taken he Toradol. He did. He told it in um, the the Rogan podcast. I specifically remember him saying he took Toradol, and it made like his uh, it made his ligaments weaker. Or something that made it weaker. Was- no, that would have been that would have been the Botox. I think Toradol Tor- is just an anti-inflammatory. Um, and the problem with with an anti-inflammatory like that is it will short term knock out all the inflammation, but it doesn't actually fix an ongoing problem. So like it, it'll, it'll just allow you to damage or hurt hurt area more. You know, if if you've got something that's wrong and your body's driving inflammation, and then you suddenly you suddenly get rid of the inflammation. You can perform, but you're performing on something that's an injured area. Uh, Toradol is really, really popular. At least it was in the past couple of years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the players nicknamed it vitamin T because, um, you know, they're all f- fucked up and bruised and, and they've got joint issues and this, that, and the other. And they just shoot them up with Toradol before the games. And then they feel good and they can perform. And then, you know, they're fucked up for the whole week until they get vitamin T again. Uh, there, there are places that have that and they'll stick that in your IV bag. Try to stay away from that. But I, I 
my my the mixture I had was what was it? It was magnesium. Oh, so you took that's one good. recently? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This morning I went oh, this and I got morning? one. Really? This this morning I was like, well, pros and cons. Like I don't really want to go into an area where there's a bunch of people, but I've got N95 masks. I'll, I'll try to keep my distance. You know, they've got all other little guidelines. I was like, I'm gonna. This this, this is an acceptable risk with how fucked up I feel right now. And yeah, they they it was like they had some magnesium, magnesium and B, B vitamins and um, figure out, for, or forget what, what else was in there. But then, but then you also do a lot just for hydration because you're just a whole fat ass bag of saline is just going directly into your bloodstream. So you did that. Uh, yeah, magnesium is good for like it's like a sleep aid, right? Am I imagining that? Uh, well, so so it it it's, it's good as a sleep aid, but it it, it it's it's literally it's salt, but it will relax your muscles. Okay. Um, so that's that's usually why it helps people sleep is because if you're tense, it will it has a, a relaxing sort of sedative effect because it, it does calm your muscles. Uh, it's also good for digestion in the same way because it'll it'll relax the the muscles uh, around your digestive tract. Huh. And I know I know vitamin B is a good source of like just energy in general, right? Energy, yeah. And then you uh, I mean, I, I if you want, I could look up and see exactly. Um, what they put in there, but no, it's just an interesting thing that you can kind of make a cocktail of shit that you're like, hey, I need this, 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 and hook me up. <laughs> so hook me up. Well, and, and and I I used it. There there used to be a place um, just right, you know, it was like a mile away from where I lived, and they actually had like a like a monthly membership where I think it was like a hundred bucks a month, and you got like two IVs for that, so it was a little bit more for, affordable if you were going to go twice a month. Um, but when I was doing that, I, I think for like two years, I never got sick because hmm. anytime I'd start to feel sick, I would go there and they would just, they would do like an immunity bag where it would just like a mega dose of vitamin C and zinc would just get literally pumped right into your bloodstream. And then I would just feel fine. Really? Like I it would just nip it right in the bud. Yeah. Cause it, it just supercharges your I've seen the ones, immune system. I've seen the ones in Vegas that you're talking about for like hangovers. In fact, they, uh, now in Vegas, they have like a, a mobile like a bus thing that goes up and down the strip, <laughs> like at the peak of their at the peak of when Vegas goes like really crazy, it's up, it's up and popping. Like there's this bus mm-hmm. that goes up and down the strip, and you can just like jump on the bus, pay them whatever their fee is. They they got like these nice reclining chairs inside the bus. They hook you up with the drip, and it's supposed to make your hangovers kind of like go away. You know, I've never done it, but I've seen I've seen it. Um, Oh yeah, it will, it will help. So first of all, most hangovers are just because you're really dehydrated, yeah. and the, the, there's a, a membrane in your head that when it doesn't have fluid, it it gets smaller. So it's this mem this this uh, tissue membrane is literally squeezing on your skull. So if you can just quickly get hydrated, fluid gets back into that membrane and it doesn't feel like it's pressing on your head. So like just the saline by itself is going to help, and then you know, getting a little uh, extra dose of energy and Let's see. I'm, 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 they put also. Let's see. They they have a hangover one that yeah. It's it's got vitamin C and um, what else is in there? But yeah, I mean they they are effective. It's not it's not like a pseudoscience. I mean it's just you're just kind of uh, mega charging the, the these systems with vitamins for a minute. And I it's definitely, like I said, I, I didn't get sick for like two years. What are those things you said you, that you could use to be a membership where you do it twice a month? And it's a hundred bucks a month. How long with that mm-hmm. membership? Is it yet to be on there for a year? Or? 
That one, I think you had to, it was like a three month minimum. Gotcha. And then after that, it was just, you could just cancel after a month. What, what's the fee like for just like, let's say you don't have the membership and you just want to go, like, what did you pay today? It was more, the one I, I got today was 150 bucks because yeah, it had a bunch of stuff in it. Still not bad. Still not like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. But especially if you feel like you need it, you know? Yeah. Well, especially if you're like worn down and you're feeling like you're sick or you're about to, I would always go when I was about to get like sick. Well, you, you can feel it. You feel run down. It's like you, maybe you're getting like a sore throat or something like, you know, and then I would just go in there and then the next day I would feel fine. And so many times when you're sick, you're like, fuck, if I could have just paid a hundred bucks yeah. or 150 bucks a day ago and not had to deal with this shit. Yeah. Awesome. Knock on wood. I haven't been sick in a while, but caveat but but when i get sick dude i get sick for like two weeks at a go like i don't get sick for like two or three days i get sick for a while like if i get the sniffles that shit does not go away if i got a cough that shit won't go away for like two weeks i just that's always been i don't know if it's a good or bad immunity thing or whatever but i just that's that's how whenever i get sick that's what happens but again knock on wood it's been a long time since i've been sick so but flu season is coming and did you hear I, I I haven't read it. I haven't read it, so I don't know. I can't verify if this is true or not. But apparently our wonderful governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, like set out like these protocols for the upcoming uh holiday season because of, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And part of the again, I, I didn't look at it, I didn't read it, but apparently part of his this memorandum or whatever that went around, he wants social gatherings during family things to be only five people or fewer. And like, it's just so many people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? You idiot. Like there are a lot of families that it's like, especially Hispanic families, right? Let's be real. Where we got like 20, 30 people at a gathering. Cause that's just how the size of our family, we got like 10 cousins and two aunts and four neighbors. And it's like, and you're saying all of a sudden we can't be in groups of five or more? Like, that is just fucking silly. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I got to look at the article and read it, but. Let's, let's see. That's why I want to get out of California, dude. Like, all these things, like all this, this the, the quote-unquote social change that I see people trying to push is not, like, it does not look positive. It doesn't look, it doesn't look good. Like, it doesn't look. Like I want to be a part of it, you know. So, so what I'm saying, there's something that came out on October 9th, uh, and it just it said that gatherings that include more than three households, no, not one, people, I think it, households. I think it might be more recent than that. I think it might have been in like the last couple of days. Um, I said I just saw something on, of all things, like on Facebook that someone posted, and I didn't really bother to read it, but I was like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might have been bullshit. Okay. Well, again, I could I could always look into it and see if there was truth to it or you know whatever. But I'm trying because I'm trying to see if there's anything. That's one where and again where it's like it's frustrating to actually spend the time to go through all this stuff and it can be stressful. But at the same time, there's like so much misinformation out there. Yeah. Where I, Gavin Newsom has definitely been on the more restrictive side, but most of the stuff I've seen it, like it, there's at least some logic behind it. So anytime something seems just completely crazy, um, I, I would have a little pause and be like, okay, is this on the level? 
I just want to be able to afford rent out here, man. And it's just not whoever's in charge. <laughs> all these politicians, all these, you know, they're, they're whatever. Whatever they're doing is creating a, a horrible effect where it makes housing supremely unaffordable. And I I bet you it's political. Well, that's, that's not housing. It's not politicians. Oh, that's I the bet you it is. Free market, though. Uh, no. I bet you there's politics behind it, like raising taxes and blah, 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 that, that causes like this this downward, you know, effect of uh, cost of housing. Going yeah. Te- Texas and California are very high. Um, so, so there is that, but there's just also a lot of people and not a lot of houses to go around. Like there's a limited amount of space and a ton of people. Yeah. That's why I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't, I don't feel like I, I no longer feel like I fit in. I think I, Oh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. hold what? on. California. What is this? K-U-S-I San Diego. Let me see if I can find this. Because it says California releases crazy mandatory guidance for private gatherings this holiday season. See? But, but yeah, hold on, though. Because let me see if I can actually find it on the web the website. Because this is, okay, let's see. California Department of Health summary. No, this is the same one that I was looking at at October 9th that I just said. Gath- uh, gatherings include more than three households. That doesn't seem as crazy. Yeah, well, three Mexican households is like 20 people. <laughs> Tw- Armando, 20 people? Yes. Come on, be, be real. We're like, like that's like, it's like, like 100, 200 oh, people? Oh, you motherfucker. I thought you were going to go less than that. I'm like, no, dude, really, like 20 people. <laughs> like three households is like, if I can, if I can think of like the three households that we, that get together here, um, See, it'd be like, uh, yeah, it'd be about twenty people, give or take. Anyway, yeah, but so, so they're so they're saying, yeah, no more than three households. So yeah, like twenty people. All right, that's that doesn't. I mean, I, I can understand why people would be upset with that, but at the same time, they're just saying like, don't have like a huge party with a hundred people. Right, right. This is one where where it's frustrating because I understand the angst. I mean, just because I have a small family and I'm a fucking. socially isolated hermit like i get that that thing of like this is a time that you connect with family it's culturally important i mean it's crucial to keep those family ties this that and the other uh and then on the flip side it's like you're the governor of california and you're like oh shit like if if this reaches a certain level it's going to be utter chaos like we we just don't there's a tipping point and if we get past that tipping point the whole state is going to go into chaos. Like we can't get there. We're trying to find a balance where we we don't have everyone absolutely furious at us, but uh, we also don't plunge the state into you know a, a, a huge health crisis on top of like f- being on fire. H- how do we balance that? And I don't really think that there's like a, a perfect answer. And like I said, I think they're erring on the side of caution and you can make that argument that they're erring too heavily on the side of caution, but I get where, I get where they're coming from. And the one thing, the one thing that I would say to all the, all the people who are like, fuck you, I want to go where I want to go. You're infringing on my freedoms, so forth and so on. If, (laughs) if, if there was some way that this was just, um, if there was, if this was just centered to those people where if they could say, fuck you, I'm going to go where I want to go. And if I get it, I get it. 
that would be fine. Like say, like say we did have a vaccine, right? Okay. And those people are like, fuck you. I don't want to take the vaccine. I just want to do what I want to do. But I could take the vaccine and my family could take the vaccine and we would be fine. And you you going out and going to have a, a huge gathering and get you know, getting not not you, I'm just speaking in general, wouldn't wouldn't affect us. I'm like, cool, do what you want to do, no problem. That's your right, that's your freedom. But when having a huge hundred person gathering might mean that in a day I'm just trying to get um soup at the grocery store, you know, to throw at protests. Oh. Not 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 to eat because I'm a I'm 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 because I'm an angry teen. <laughs> I protest in eyeliner. Sorry, uh, I just I don't know where it was because I had an about experience. Anyways, but like I'm just at the grocery store trying to get something to eat, and because you went to a, a hundred person gathering, um and and didn't feel like wearing a mask, that means that um, in a month from then my parents die. Like I'm not cool with that. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. So, so tangentially related, but not quite related, because there there is a relation. Armando, I'm, I'm, I cannot work the word tangentially was, right. into was, a, a pop punk song. I was song. trying to come up with the word, and make sure I didn't make make a word up. Um, Ten, uh, we could do tangential. No, don't don't do that. We're we're already going. We're already going in one direction. Don't stop me. Have you seen the new? Oh, you want you want to do pure pop? No, I can do stop. One Direction. That's even stop easier it. to write. Stop. Have you seen the new Borat movie? Very nice. Yes. Did, did you? I, I I actually watched it with my parents last the, night. Yeah. Uh, the uh, why why I thought of it was like his like his his reaction to the coronavirus and like <laughs> he's like Hitting with the pot. The, the pot. And, <laughs> the, the virus. Yeah, that was hilarious. And then the, he goes to that 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 uh, that kind of militant rally type of deal. And he's like singing the songs uh-huh. and stuff like uh, that's just funny, good, 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 funny humor. It's 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 it, that stuff to me was a lot funnier 14 years ago when I'm like, yeah, that's like a small isolated incident. There isn't like a a, a huge movement yeah. around that at the moment. What what do you think's gonna happen to Giuliani? Nothing. I mean, yeah. So he, he didn't actually bang a 15 year old girl, or no? It's just it's just. I mean, okay, let me, let me rephrase. He did not actually bang a 15-year-old girl on camera. Right, right. Well. Like, he, he, he may well, have, well, but. Well, one, she wasn't 15. She's like 20-whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, makes you, it makes you think. It, it does raise the question. The only thing it does raise the question is how many times has that man and other politicians too, right? Let's, let's be real. Been in like semi-compromising situations that we don't know about and they're doing that kind of crazy shit and it just it just never gets you know reported or you just you know no one knows none the wiser and it just uh yeah it's it's funny it's good it's good humor but you know well the 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 other part i don't i don't know if you're aware of this because there was um a a joke in the middle of that movie about how rudy should like stick to his, his you know his cousins like he he did marry one of his cousins. Did he? You know that, right? No, I didn't. Yes, literally. Gross. Like he he dumped his wife and married a female cousin. Wow, that's awkward. So th- there's um there's a a saying. Oh, I'm trying to remember who's the quote from. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Who said that? I don't know, but it sounds very familiar. But I believe it. I do believe it. And that's what I was when we when that when we were talking about that politics. Um, podcast a while back and how I talked about we, we were 
we were talking about how people that like maybe start off with good intentions in politics and then they just kind of get sucked up into the, the gears of the machine. They, you know, but so I'm, so I'm saying it's like, I think it's hard to stay clean when, when the problem with Rudy though, is like when your baseline is like sort of like a weird cousin fucker, (laughs) then when you get corrupted and old and senile, like then it really goes off the deep end. Uh, and this, this was actually, uh, it was just a very short Facebook interaction I, I had with with uh, Mr. Lawrence, aka Law Dog Franklin, oh, wow. um, and no, he he just made a post about the the Supreme uh, the Supreme Court nominee, and I, I even just shared a little bit of what we talked about earlier, trying to find healthcare and everything like that. And I, I just encourage people if they're feeling frustrated, and again, this goes to to what we were just talking about: control the controllables, worry about what you can do, you know. And I, and at the end of it, and I was probably a little bit longer than I needed to be, but I said there, there's a website, votesaveamerica.com. Um, and if you're if you're really worried, do something. Don't just sit there and talk about it. Don't fret your thumbs. You know, th- this website, if you want to to call bank and just get out the vote, um, you know, in swing states, they'll set you up where you can call people who 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 might be like minded to you, but you need to make sure that they know when to vote, where to vote, that sort of thing. You can call them and, and do that. Like that's a tangible thing. Um, and the little stuff like that will make you feel like you're doing something and will make a huge difference. Um, and when I say huge difference, do you know, do you know how close, do you remember who, who was in, even in the 2000 election? 2000 election? Fuck. Yeah. That was a long, uh, that was, that was, so, so that, that was, that was, a. At the, at the time, Mr. Vice President Al Gore, okay. who, who was a Southern gentleman with zero personality, right, right, okay. spoke like that, and that was that was the the, the first coming of uh, of G Dubs, G Dubs, the man, the myth, the uh, the legend, George H, uh, George W. Bush, mm-hmm. Herbert Walker Bush, H W. Bush, whatever. You you probably don't recall. I mean, we were a lot younger at the time. I don't. Neither of us were following politics closely. Do you know how close that election was? No. It, it literally came down to Florida, and it and and that case went to the Supreme Court. So let me let me look up. Let me look it up right. Wait, who, Florida, who, was, who was in the race back then? Re- refresh my memory. I'm sure the names. That's that's what I just said. That was Al Gore and George George W. Oh, Bush. Al Gore was. Uh... Al Gore was running for president. George Bush, who who ended up winning, oh, was running for okay. president. Those were the two. Yeah. Again, I don't. Um, and it, and and the whole the whole election came down to Florida, right? Florida 2000 election results president that that was sort of weird let me because I want to I, I need to I want to see the actual numbers so you can understand how close this was because it, I don't know if you recall okay here here I found, I found the numbers this this is just absolutely fucking insane so so Florida like most of the United States is winner take all so if you win by you know 20 million votes or you win by five votes you get all, the entire gotcha. state. I remember I remember this whole thing playing out when they were looking at the projections at first actually like the media you know I think it was like NBC or ABC like one of the networks actually called the state for Al Gore they said you know from the numbers coming in Al Gore's the winner and because of that they called the entire they said Al Gore's going to win the entire election because the whole thing turned on Florida and then like a couple hours later they're like oh oh we we, we okay we fucked up we got some bad numbers um George George uh, W. Bush actually won the election. He won, and then when the final numbers came in, it was two 
2,912,790 votes for George W. Bush, 2,912,253 votes for Al Gore. That, so that that was a t- let me fuck let me get a calculator. I mean we're 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 talking a difference like a of five hundred some odd votes. Five five hundred something between the two of them. That's so close that would was and the the issue and why this this got bumped all the way up to the Supreme Court was because t- two things had happened. First, um, uh, there was one one Florida ballot in one of the counties was was like really. Um, was was confusing in the like the actual layout. You you had to you had to like punch the ballot, and the 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 spot for Al Gore was really, like really close to the spot for a third party candidate, and a lot of people got confused and they punched both of them, which made it an invalid ba- ballot. And there was like thousands of these, and a lot. There's speculation was there was a lot of people who were trying to vote for Al Gore and accidentally voted for this other person. They're like, oh, I f- they fucked up, and then they punched Al Gore. That was the first thing. The second thing, and this was a different part of the state, there, they, they, there were these – it was the same thing. You had to punch the ballot and like the little circle was supposed to come out of the ballot and then fall into a collector. That was just the physical process of it. And the problem was the collectors were getting filled up. So when you punch the little circle, it, it could – like the little punch thing couldn't go all the way through. So instead of – Punching the circle and having it come out because the collector was full. There was just like these these indentations where people had tried to punch, and they weren't counting those votes because mm. they were saying, "Well, they didn't actually punch it." And then there was like this whole thing. It's like, well, if like it was like partially torn, we're not going to count it. But if it's like three quarters of the way torn, we're going to torn. We're going to count it. And that those were apparently this was this whole thing. I don't know if you remember this term, but the little the little circles in the ballots are called chads. And they called them hanging chads because the little circle was like punched, but it was still hanging. It wasn't completely separated and they weren't counting the hang. And there were, there were again, there were thousands yeah. of these. And the votes had cut. The whole fucking election came down to 500 something votes in Florida and went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to we're going to keep keep the election results as they are. These votes don't count. And. From that, you, we get George W. Bush, we get the Iraq War, we get, um, you know, eight, eight years of not, not even ignoring climate change. I mean, Al, Jor- Al Gore was like one of the climate change OGs. If right. you remember, he was so fr- – his response was like, I'm fucking going to make a, a movie yeah, about this to try to get awareness. Now everyone's, you know, it's like everyone's coming around, oh, like this is serious shit. Like maybe we should have done something earlier. Um and it's 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 funny. I mean, was is Al Gore uh, a perfect person? Uh, certainly, certainly not. Uh, I don't think he he was in the Bill Clinton mode of uh, you know banging twenty year olds. But um, <laughs> again, I, I view and this I actually in sort of a follow up to, to Lawrence. I, I said like I, I view all all politicians on the Game of Thrones spectrum. It's like they're all, they all have character flaws and. You know, some of them might be like Samuel Tarley, where it's like their character flaws are a little bit lazy and they can't say no to like extra biscuits at a banquet. Mm-hmm. And then some of their character flaws might be like Walter Frey, where they just murder hundreds of people that are their guests at a banquet in cold blood. And it's like similar but very different. And like I, you, 
when you're when you're looking at a politician, I always just say you got to evaluate them on an individual basis. Like fuck whether they have a a Democrat, you know, D next to their name. That doesn't mean that they're good. Um, so I just I inherently I, I know you know this because you're a little bit more politically inclined than I. Uh, but this time next week when we record our next episode, we will have already had the election for the next president. Holy shit! Crazy, huh? It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm prepared for either outcome, to be honest. I don't. I'm not enthused. Again, I, I, I don't. I don't feel as doom and gloom. I, th- I think the Hillary Trump election, the uh, that one was a lot more crazy and and more in my face and more like, holy shit, what's gonna happen? <laughs> With this one, I'm kind of like, eh. Trump's an idiot. Well, Biden's a jackass. We'll, we'll see what happens. Biden's old. That's his main. So the the two things when I said like they all have you know character flaws. Biden has been a politician forever. He's like that's why I said he's like Ned Stark. He's like way fucking past his prime. Like is he completely gone and senile and has dementia like they're talking about? Like yeah, obviously not. But. He's a, he's still a seventy eight year old, or I think he's seventy eight, seventy seven. He's an old old man. You know who Biden is in Game um, of Thrones? Biden is a who's you that? Know Elena Tyrell, the the yeah. Uh, Biden is Elena Tyrell's husband, like the 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 male Tyrell. Like he's like, like <laughs> he's like happy go lucky, but there's actually people. There's puppet strings behind him. You know, he's kind of like neutral. You know, that's, that's not a bad one. I. So I, I I went with Ned Stark because he does have a, a a lot of personal tragedy in his past, like wife and and eldest son dying, um, and he's trying to be active, but he's just like it's the same thing. Like when in Game of Thrones, like Ned Ned Stark was sort of doddering, and he's like trying to like work through this process, and he's like, yeah, I could work with the Lannisters. It's like I can't can you? Um, that might come back to bite you a little bit. And then he would also just do some things. You're like Ned fucking Ned Stark. What are you doing, bud? Yeah. Like that's you know that like think for a second and you will see why this is not a smart yeah. course of action, but I, I, I that that one that uh, analogy I can't even remember that character's name I, I think that is um, that is apt the only reason I would I would say oh I got a good idea what's up you and I have to bet on who the who's going to win the election and we have to come up with a uh, a silly uh, a silly uh, wager or silly. Uh, um, like we did with the Irene Aldana, um, you know what I mean? We got to bet on who's the next president, and then and then okay. the loser has to carry out whatever punishment. <laughs> that doesn't seem like the best bet. I mean, like I've just been paying attention. I'm going to bet on Biden because he's just like a heavy okay. favorite. I'll take Trump. I'll be the okay. dog. I, th- I think Trump has – It's it, there, there's a path where Trump can win. Um, just, but just so it's, you know, it's very minimal. Like a lot of things would yeah, have to. The the website I use to bid on sports stuff, they actually have presidential election. They have like they have a bunch of d- different odds for it. Which which website it's is that? Mybookie.ag. They actually have Trump as the underdog. Like they have him like at plus two thirty, and Biden's like a minus one seventy or something. The line may have changed. We'll, we'll see what it is. I'll, I'll look it up right so now. So you're right. Um, like. like like Biden is the favorite and Trump is by all betting accounts. He's the dog. The, the, they have Biden at minus 175. It's probably a little bit bigger okay. than that. 
to be honest. Again, you got to remember there, there was several things that. Um, are we going to bet? Are, are, <laughs> there's several things that are, that are very different between this election and the Hillary Clinton. It's like one D- Donald Trump's strategy of saying everybody else is terrible. I'm the greatest. I'm the only one who can fix it. That works a lot better when you haven't been president for four years. It's a little bit easier to sell. Uh, two, Hillary Clinton was just an inherently likable candidate, unlikable candidate, and her campaign did a lot of stupid stuff. So, like, they had a lot of fuck-ups. And then three, there was the Russian interference that people weren't uh, aware of. And then on top of that... You had, you had the FBI director, who is a, a sort of bipartisan, trusted figure, coming out like days before the election saying Hillary Clinton fucked up. It was like this perfect storm. Um, and with all that, this is the craziest part. Donald Trump never got a majority of the vote in either the, pri- the Republican primary. I think he only had 40 percent of the vote. And then he only had 40 something percent of the vote in the, the general election. He's never won with with a majority because our system is rigged, as we talked about before. Um, the, the Biden campaign has been a lot smarter uh, than the Clinton campaign. And Biden's not as unlikable as Clinton. He's just like, again, he's just fucking old and somewhat limited in so what we're he can gonna do bet. as a campaigner. So, so you're just, you just don't care about any of this. You're just like, no, I just want to make I liked, a bet. I like, uh, okay, I'm, let, me, be, let me make it real clear. I'm not saying I want uh-huh. Trump to win. But I like the underdogs, I, especially when I bet. I like taking underdogs on my bet. I like I like that. It's kind of <laughs> it gets my blood pumping, and knowing he's the underdog, I'm kind of like fuck. Trump wins. Fuck. We've already got four years of his bullshit. You know what's another four years? I mean, like a lot, right? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Again, it's like not good. You don't gotta go. <laughs> you don't gotta go hard in the paint. I'm just saying I like the betting, the odds, the. You know. See previous discussions about California being on fire, me losing my health care, yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, I know. all that stuff. I'm ju- I'm, again. Oh, they, they did another fun one. This this was, uh, wait, let's see. Uh, Trump logging Alaska. They just they just did this. It, let's see if I can find it. Uh, they're stripping protections from a national forest, which is the the. Is it one of yeah one of the biggest intact temperate rainforests? They're stripping protections from it so it can be logged. That's not good. Like yeah, sure, go ahead. It's not like we're on the uh, on the, the the precipice of an ecological so gonna, disaster. So, so I'm saying we're gonna we're gonna bet. God, I don't, don't even understand don't, this. Like my, I'm trying to wrap my I'm trying to wrap my brain around like what the stakes of this bet should be. You're, you're not. You don't look enthused. No, not at all. Like okay, we don't have to bet. Like, I just thought it'd be funny. I thought it'd be entertaining. Honestly, I, I, again, yeah, I'm, we don't have to bet. If if it was, I'm trying to think of something. If there was something that did, if it was something that that just didn't have quite as much like gravity to it. If it, you know, if it was, if we're betting on like Colby Covington versus someone, I'm like. Colby Covington's annoying and he's an asshole, but ultimately he doesn't affect my life and it's just a shtick and like who cares? So like I don't. I, I don't give a shit about that, and I also don't get uh, worked about uh, worked up about Trump's antics when people are like, "He's mean and he says this fucked up stuff." I'm like, I don't care. I, I, I don't give a shit. I what I care about is the tangible things that are happening that are affecting my life in the world. So I think that's Aaron saying he doesn't want to bet. Moving on. Did you know that Dodgers won the World Series last night? 
Would you even make the stakes of that bet? I don't know. We have to think about it. We can think about it offline. Nah, I don't want to bet on that. (laughs) For the record, I was willing to take the underdog, a big underdog. Um, Dodgers won the World Series last night. Dude, okay. I'm not exaggerating this. I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I'm not. But I've always been a Dodger fan. Always, always, always been a Dodger fan. First team I was ever part of, like in Little League Baseball, I was like in T-Ball, I was like in the Dodgers, right? If I had to name like my sports favorite teams, it'd be the Chargers number one, followed by the Dodgers number two, and then probably the Kings, and then probably the Lakers. Like that's like the major sports, right? Like I don't, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest baseball fan, but I like the Dodgers. I was the Dodgers. What's baseball? Is there a team that? No, I almost had it. Is there a team that wears black makeup? I was eight years old. I was eight years old, and I little eight year old Armando. I I remember um, naive to the workings of the world. We were watching bright eyed uh, and bushy tailed. We're watching the uh, the the World Series on TV, and I remember watching in his living room. And I remember watching the uh, the Kurt Gibson. um, He said, "Padre, who are those people playing?" Home run. Said Armando. And like him running around the bases, like doing that, like Kirk Gibson pump, um, whatever you want to call it, when he's running the bases. And I remember trying to emulate that, like whenever I did play little league baseball, like or even with with cousins and family, like doing the whole Kirk Gibson pumping the his fist thing okay. as he running the bases. So last night, Dodgers won the World Series, Game Six. They won three to three to one, I think the score was, or four to one. I forget what it was. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I got I got a little emotional. I got a little teary eyed. Um, teary. It for 2020, like when the Lakers won, it was like it's great. We won, awesome. Lakers, my my team. If I had a team, they're my team. Not as enthused, but for the Dodgers to win, like it felt like it felt like I won something. It is it's strange because again, I don't consider myself the biggest baseball fan, but it felt like the Dodgers winning last night, like I won something. It felt. Specifically because a couple years ago they got um, – there's controversial years like when the Astros eliminated, eliminated us and they caught, got caught cheating and then there's a whole – Yeah. The, the subsequent year, the same thing. And I feel like we've been – I think we, we've been robbed of a couple other rings we would have had these last three, four years. And for us to finally do it, um, it feels like, okay, even playing field – no one's cheating. We're we we're 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 we've proved that we're the best team. Um, I don't know if it's just because America has such a big sports mentality, or as humans, we we're just used to tribalism and like we like being part of a group. But in sports, like you have diehard sports fans, right? right. And no matter how fucking stupid the moves their team makes, no matter how bad they play, they release free agents, whatever. They're going to always stick by their team. Right. And maybe they'll even talk a little bit of shit about them behind closed doors, but it's like, hey, oh, it if you talk bad about my team, fuck you. Yeah. Like, But that's fine because if I'm a, F- a Phillies fan and you're a Dodgers fan and the Dodgers win the World Series or the Dodgers make like super – stupid off-season moves and they release the best players and they fuck the whole franchise up. At the end of the day, what the Dodgers do doesn't actually affect me and I'm not going to... Um, it's not going to make it so I can't get a good job or I can't have health insurance or anything like that. 
And I feel like people take that same sports mindset where I've, to me, it's fun, like making wagers about sports and shit like that. Cause like I said, like one or the other, it, that tribalism is a fun thing to play off of in sports. Cause it doesn't have these big outside ramifications. And I think people think about politics in that same way where it's like, I'm on the blue team. I'm on the red team. I'm, I'm just like, no, it's not the same. Stop it. Yeah. No, I, 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 do, I do, especially when you jump on Facebook and you see that shit, like people just going back and forth and all the shit that they talk and all the nonsense that they negativity they spread. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Um, so yeah, the Dodgers won last night. I'm glad. I'm happy. It's been 32 years. Um, Lakers won this year. The Dodgers. Do, won. do I do I congratulate you for your no, your I part and what they, what I was, they did? I was Dodger fan. That's all I am. Um, I uh, so far the uh, uh, the Kings the Kings drafted a um, uh, an African American gentleman. Um, this this off season, and he's by all accounts he's pretty damn good. So here's the hoping that this coming season the Kings are gonna do well. Um, the only thing I'm holding. Sorry, sorry. What what team is the Kings? The Los Angeles. Is that hockey? hockey? Yeah, hockey. I was confused because I don't really know the hockey teams. Oh no! But and then you also said they drafted an African American fellow, and I'm like, I don't. What sport are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the L A Chargers uh, are now two and four. Oh, that's weird. L A Chargers. They're, okay. They're now two and four, but um. You know, our quarterback has shown promise every single game. In fact, he's, like, tied a bunch of records with Patrick Mahomes, if that says anything. Patrick Mahomes, you know, has gotten this super ginormous big contract, like record-breaking contract for, for Kansas City Chiefs. And um, Herbert's performance thus far is, like, on par with a lot of the amazing things that Mahomes has done. Now we're just hoping that the rest of the team falls into place. I think right now our biggest weaknesses are coaching. Our coaching is kind of dumb, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Our defensive coaching, specifically, but um, yeah, man, it's it could be it could turn out to be at least sports wise a good year for twenty in twenty twenty could be sports wise a good year for LA, but we'll see. It will time will tell. Well, I mean, it already has been, right? Well, you won yeah. the NBA and the yeah, yeah. If you yeah by comparison, MLB, yeah. Um, so it kind of. I mean, Boston is like haha, the cool, cool story, LA. But yeah, yeah. Other than that, right. like yeah, what's our? It's a the, the Dodgers' seventh championship, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, good good night last night. I kind of wish I was at a bar, but then again, I'm not drinking, so <laughs> you know. It's probably probably for the best. Yeah, I know. I don't know what else. What else we got, my friend? Khabib retired last week. Good fight. Yeah, eh, sort of. I, I was so so when I say sorry, I, I was I was very impressed with Khabib. Khabib, um, I'm not, I'm not going to do the whole shtick. I Nurmur Gamedo. Oh, I like, listened to I listened to the YouTube clip of how of him saying his name and and, yeah. and now I know how to say it. Okay. He he actually says Khabib because his one of one of his two middle names is Habib Abdul Manap. He's got his dad's first name as one of his middle names. Then he's got uh-huh. his other middle name. And it's Nurmagomedov, so his G is pronounced like an H. Nurmagomedov. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know why. For me, mispronouncing Habib's name is just a fun bit. It so is. I'm gonna, you yeah. know, no, it I'm is. Gonna, it is. I'm, I'm fucking sticking with it. No, it works. Uh, uh, what do you think about his retirement? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's got 
more money than he needs for 50 lifetimes in Kazakhstan. Here, here's what, here's what that's, I. That's where. Did, did you miss? That's where. That's where Borat lives. Yeah. Uh huh. He's get. He's moving. Actually, to, to Kazakhstan. Actually, with there, Borat. On, on that card, on that same card last week, there was a fighter, female fighter from Kazakhstan. No, a male fighter from Kazakhstan. There was. He looked kind of Asian looking. I forget his name now. It's not coming to me. But uh, he, he uh, literally from Kazakhstan. Well, so first, first, there, there were two things in the in the fight. Um, I was I was very. This was I think one of Habib's best performances, despite being a little bit injured. Mm-hmm. Um, his foot was broken, so that that's pretty a pretty major injury, and he just managed to work through that. Yeah. But the two things, one. Um, he was not perfect defensively, but he was actually solid defensively. He got in, in the way of a lot of uh, big – or sorry, got out of the way of a lot of big punches. And granted, uh, Gaethje was really winding up and he was telegraphing some of them. But still, it's like for him to to do that march for forward style and be relentless and, and put all the pressure on like he normally does, he, he had to be better defensively than he has been in the past. And he looked really good there. And then in terms of grappling, my biggest uh, criticism of, of him has been his, his takedown attempts in space have always been subpar. And they actually looked very sharp. His timing was a lot better. Like in, in those two aspects, it was his best performance. And, uh, the 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 problem with Gaethje that Gaethje was was under is that he had, he was so tense the entire fight like he he wasn't I'm trying to think how like a good way to explain it, it when when you when you don't feel like you know what's coming in in fighting and I'm speaking more from my experiences in grappling you, you want to be ready to react quickly like maybe he's gonna come at me this way maybe he's gonna shoot maybe he's gonna and it's like your whole body is like sort of primed like ready to to react quickly for the, any number of things that could come. But when you're like that, when you're not just taking it as it comes, sort of reading it and reacting it, reacting to it in real time, um, it's just exhausting. Because, like, if you if you just sit there, like, just just sit here. While, while I'm explaining this, just just clench your fist as hard as you can and just hold it clenched, right? So when, when you've got all your muscles tense, ready to react, like he might throw this, I have to sprawl. He might do this, I have to – and you're just, you're just holding it for, for even five minutes. It becomes exhausting and you just can't do that for a long period of time. So that was probably 15 seconds I was talking. Is your arm getting tired already? Yeah, because I'm a pussy. I don't use, do any upper body workouts outside of the – that's the only <laughs> – yeah, no. So I, I picked clenching your fist because I know your forearm workout routine. You do it every morning. Well, not every morning, uh, most mornings. I, but yeah, in, in, until I text you the the photos of Richard Simmons, which that have fun with that tomorrow morning. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good your conditioning is; you just get really, really tired. And so here, here's an example I, I can give you. When I first got out to Colorado. Um, this go around, I was assistant coaching for a high school, and I was I was working with the number three ranked heavyweight in the state. And at first, like I just thought I could come in, I could do some technique demonstration. I was just going to be you know part time assistant coach, just wandering in, wandering out when I when I pleased. And when I first get the first day, I walk in, and the head coach is like, "Wow, you're a pretty big guy." And I was like, "I'm not that big. What do you like? What are you, where are you getting at?" He's like, "Oh, well, we've got this kid, and you know he's he's like a pretty good heavyweight." And then. He was trying to be modest. I think that was accurate. He wasn't actually that good. Sorry, 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 um, 
Oh, it's funny. His, his, his nickname was actually Pico. Ah. The, the problem that he ran into when I – oh, sorry. So, so the rest of it, he's like, he doesn't have anyone to train with. Do you think you could be his training partner? And I was like, I still knew I had my neck kind of a little bit fucked up. I was like, no, I can't. And then, of course, three days later after watching this kid have no one to work with, I was like, well, I'll just jump into one drill with him. And then that went from a drill to, to training to going live with him and everything. And the problem that he had – Particularly with me, in general, but particularly with me, it was like I would throw things at him that he just never seen before. So he was constantly tense. He's like, "Fuck, what's he gonna do?" He was, he was always just everything was tense because he didn't want to, to, to give an inch because he's like, "Fuck, I don't." He might, he might do a big throw on me. He might do this. He might do that. Um, and he would just get exhausted. Like his cardio was way better than mine. Like when we, if if the two of us just did conditioning drills, I would get tired. Way before he would, because uh, I definitely wasn't in shape. But when I was wrestling him, my mindset, I'm like, ah, I'm relaxed. This this kid can't throw anything at me that I haven't seen. And if he does throw at something at me and I'm, and I'm too slow to react to it, I'm going to know 15 different ways to counter it that he's not going to be able to, to, to deal with. So, like, I'm just relaxed. Like, I'm expelling minimal energy. And I'm only using energy when like, I have to lift him or, or you know, those two, two seconds where I have to be explosive to do a throw or something like that. Meanwhile, he's tense the entire time and he'd gas out in five, six minutes where I would, could, you know, could go 20 minutes because I'm not putting all that energy. And I remember um, I was trying to prepare him for the state tournament where I was like, he's going to run into guys where he, he can't pin them. He can't. Get up, you know, get a big lead. It's going to be a close match where he's got to, he's got to win by a couple points over the span of of the six minutes. You know, it's three two minute periods in high school. So I remember saying to him, like, "Look, we're going to wrestle an entire match. I am going to only do things you've seen. I'm only going to shoot double and single leg takedowns. I'm only going to do switches and stand ups from bottom." I'm only going to try to do half Nelsons or cradles from top or, and maybe get wrist control. Nothing crazy. They're all things you've seen. Your job is to not give up on positions, is to win, you know, to, to go into this knowing that you can't pin me because I'm telling you, I will not let you pin me. And you have to, you have to be able to, to make it a full six-minute match and win on points. That's your – and like when I told him that and he could kind of relax and he wasn't as scared, like he did well. I got, I got tired in those matches faster than he did because his conditioning was better. But like that mental aspect can make a huge difference. And that's what I saw from Gaethje. He was tight. He was like winding up on punches. He's winging them. Everything was was um, this sort of like nervous energy instead of relaxed and fluid. And he just – he got a gas. Like – if he was fresh, he would have def- defended that last takedown that Khabib, Khabib Khamalumedov got on him. But he, you could see he was tired. And then once he was taken down, he just had fucking no answers. That was a, none at that all. Was a wonderful analysis of the fight. But my question was, what do you think about Khabib's retirement? So all, all that was to say was like, I, th- I think this was uh, Khabib's best performance to date. I mean, that wasn't solely on Justin. That was a virtuoso performance by Habib. And he's a guy who's talked about retiring in the past already. Mm-hmm. The the sort of man who raised him and got him into fighting um, is gone. You know, he's always said he, he fought for his father and his father. Now, he at the best, he could be fighting for his father's legacy and memory. 
Uh, and I don't think he wants to fight anymore. So leave, yeah, man. Apparently, we're, we're, apparently, he made a promise to his mom because his mom did not want him to take this. To fight. his madre. His madre. His mom did not want him to take his this fight. And his his, his mamuta in Russian. That's that. That's a hundred percent the real word. Okay. That I didn't just make up. His mamuta. But is that the same word in Dagestan? Isn't it like a different. Anyway, it don't matter. Anyway, uh, he made a promise to his mamuta. Yes. To, uh, thank you. That this would be, be culturally sensitive would, to his culture. This is going to be his Please. last fight, and so. Please, brother, you know this. And so he he says he's going to be retired. Um, I think the only fight that maybe gets him out of retirement, maybe, 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 long shot here is if GSP comes out of retirement and fights him like at a catch weight. But that's like a long shot, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Habib is a different type of guy, though. Yeah. Like he he's he's somebody who. Is not one. He's not going to be influenced by the money. He's he doesn't really give a shit about that. And uh, to him, family and honor and all that kind of stuff is a little yeah, bit more important. I and, and I think I think in his mind, if he's if he's said he's retired and his mom doesn't want to f- to fight, he would actually view it as a defeat of of sorts to come out of retirement. Did you see? Uh, did you see? Ah, I think he's done. So they they. They, the UFC has their pound for pound rankings and they released them and they made him number one. Yes. And did you see the whole fiasco yes. with John Jones? Yes, brother. The, the, I, well, I heard that John Jones is also thinking about retiring and he's going to start a salt factory. A what factory? Um, a salt factory. They're just, he's oh. just going to manufacture salt because okay. he's like, he's like, you know what? My, my natural tears aren't producing enough salt. So we're going to artificially produce salt just to really have have mountains and heaps of salt that we can just shovel in case we ever need I to. I think it just further proves to everybody like what a big like what a genuinely big douchebag John Jones is to like uh-huh. rain on any kind of parade. Like, dude, you control what you can control. Like what what other people think about pound for pound, that's out of your control, bro. Like you just had to be like you said salty. Um, it just, it just on par with them saying he's a douchebag, and then it coming out that he did hide him from underneath that cage, the whole Izzy spat between him and Izzy. Well, so so there's there's a couple things, and I I may have uh, worked out these arguments a little bit while um, trolling MMA fans, which I, I realized you know what maybe that's not the pr- most productive uh, type of stress release. Like I'm like this poor MMA fan, he's only like a couple. IQ points above being functionally retarded, like me, me toying with his emotions isn't a nice thing to do. I should stop that. <laughs> One of the things people don't seem to understand is the the whole greatest of all time goat debate is completely separate for pound for pound. Right. Pound for pound is a snapshot in time. It's like at this moment, you know, if everybody was magically made the same size, who would be the best fighter? Right. So what you did seven years ago in a title defense has nothing to do with the pound for pound ranking. It ha- you you can depending on how you weight the greatest of all time. That could certainly you know and, and the greatest of all time is a stupid stupid debate because everyone has completely different criteria. Yeah. So they might be arguing about completely different things. Like for me, it might be who is who achieved the highest level of technique. Some people think just how dominant they were regardless of the the era of MMA or how good the people were around them pound for pound that's like who is the best right now when this 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 um ranking was made does the UFC uh, corrupt and pervert that like 
Rudy Giuliani with a younger cousin? Sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Dana, Dana White treats that pound for pound rankings like Rudy Giuliani does with his extended family and 15 year old girls. Let's say it like that. Mm. I think that's a nice non PC, you know, we're very sort of neutral way to put that. But when people are saying, well, John Jones has more title defenses than Khabib. It's like, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. The fact that he beat Lyoto Machida seven years ago doesn't have anything to do with right now. It's like, so when you look at it, what has John Jones done recently? He had a really close fight against a sort of middle-of-the-road 185-pounder who uh, only had one leg at the time and arguably lost. I think you can also make a, a solid argument that John Jones won that fight. And then he had a really close fight Again, that a lot of people think he lost, where he did not look anything close to dominant against Dominic Reyes, who just who just got KO'd by the the champion and the one true king of of two hundred five. Jan Blahovitz. Jan, Jan Blahovitz, the the true the true king of light heavyweight, um, not to be confused with salty pretenders. Those were John Jones's last two uh, performances, whereas Habib has just dominated the light heavyweight division which is also a much more competitive, more highly skilled division than 205. It's like, what, what's the argument? Do you think all this is John Jones' like kind of clever way of trying to remain in the limelight, trying to still draw attention to himself for pay-per-view buys in the future? No, I think it's John Jones's ego got hurt Yeah, a little bit. He was like, yeah, I'm going to say fuck you guys and I'm going to leave 205. Serves you right. And everyone's like, cool. Right. Yeah, no one's, <laughs> no one's butthurt about it. You're right. And then and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a big deal at heavyweight. And everyone's like, all right. I mean, like, put up or shut up. And then um, it's, it's also hilarious that Israel Adesanya has been constantly fucking oh, yeah. with him. Also not, not, not saying he's going to fight him, being like... I'm more relevant than you, um, and I th- and I think you know this this uh, this whole the whole thing maybe one of the little things in, in John Jones's uh, because look look you say whatever you want about John Jones he's extremely competitive as you have to be and he's a freaking gamer and this stuff matters to him for sure and maybe he thought he didn't care about it and then he sees himself no longer at the top of the pound for pound ranking so now he doesn't have a title he doesn't have a fight. No one really seems to particularly care one way or the other. And one of his, his, you know, his his most notable accolades recently that he's the number one pound for pound is gone. And he's like, and the little little salty tears are coming out, and he's just trying to rub them in to other people's eyes. You know what John Jones needs? He needs a really angsty pop punk song that he can connect Probably. to. You should write. Okay, you, should you, write you, one you, you, you talk. No, you should write one from. You talk. You talk for a little without, bit. You talk for a without, little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Without going into a super long breakdown of the fight, main event this Saturday, uh, Uriah Hall against Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's last fight, his retirement fight. He said, "He said, I'm done. This is my last fight. I'm done." Well, no, he didn't. Yeah, sort he of. did. He said. He said that. This is his last fight in the UFC. Maybe, probably, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens afterwards. Okay. But it's probably my last fight. Is it your last fight ever or your last fight in the UFC? It's my last fight in the UFC, probably. That's what he said. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. I just listened to the interview earlier today. All right. Without breaking down the fight, no need to go into analysis mode. 
Who's going to win? I don't know. Probably Uriah Hall. Maybe, probably, kind of. <laughs> it's his last fight. Maybe, probably. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't see... Anderson Silva is 61 years yeah. old, okay? He's the Joe Biden of MMA. He doesn't have this... He, maybe, maybe, he's a... maybe he had something once, but he's way yeah. past his prime. He's gotten hit in the... You know, his, 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 maybe his, his cognition is not quite what it was. And uh, he he's old and broke it down. It sucks because he's a very likable guy, but he definitely is one of those guys that lost this lost his step and his game his game, um, uh, revolved around his like his his reflex and timing and just precision and his pee pee pills, dick pills. So no dick pills. Finding a much younger Raya Hall. There was a point. Oh, good there Lord. Was a, John Jones and the di- I forgot John Jones used the dick pills yeah. excuse as well. Uh-huh. Um, there was a point in time when Uriah Hall was like on the Ultimate Fighter. They compared him to Anderson Silva. Hey, hey, hey Mondo. What's up? I know sometimes you can be a little down on yourself and self self deprecating, and you're like, "What do I have to offer?" But I want you to remember this: whenever you have those thoughts, just think. No matter what, you at least you have a big one up on John Jones because your dick works. Yes. Um. Yeah, so I think you're a house gonna win too. Did you know that one time? One time I was dating this girl. It wasn't like a, it's like an old fling from like high school. We we disconnected. We reconnected after a bunch of years, and um, we we would get it on here and then, you know. And we'd go to her place in Torrance, and where we go to my place in Long Beach or whatever. Um, I was like, I'm I've never I've never needed to, but I'm gonna impress this girl this one time. I took these gas station dick pills, dude, dude, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, good Lord. It's like, it felt, my my member felt like what it looks like when you put like a hot dog in the microwave too long and it starts like breaking out of its case. Like it's just like, like popping open. Like my fucking wanger felt like, holy shit, I shouldn't have done this. Like it felt like my, it felt like my dick was going to burst out of my thick skin. It was, it's fucked up. But yes, I can get a boner without dick pills. It was just I just wanted to see what would happen. Now I know. Um, I don't have anything else to say. We're 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 practicing social distance, uh, giving away Halloween candies this year. I think we're we're I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're anticipating people trick or treating. I don't think people will. I think like ten kids will probably. You know, um, but we're still giving it. We're still planning on giving away candies on Saturday. That's all for me, unless you've already come up with your Anderson Silva dick pill song. Aaron's still working on. No, I just I just did a, a real quick John Jones song. Oh, John, John. this is short. Just Sorry. just just three bars. Okay. Um, Need a beat. It was ready. It, this, so I can, maybe we could end it on this. This is this is for. I'm gonna work on it and I'll get it to John Jones and then he can he can. Oh my God, Kevin Al, um, Kevin Al on keyboard, John Jones. Backup vocals. Cause have you heard him sing? No. Oh my god! There, there is an Instagram clip. He probably, he's probably deleted it. Be- where John better, Jones was singing. Better, better or worse? Than- better than Tyler. The better than Tyrone Woodley. Really? Not good enough. Where you should. Well, come on now. Yeah, Tyrone. Uh, <laughs> Tyrone is really bad. Not, not good enough. Where unless you're doing it uh, satirically, you should post it on social media. Oh no. Um, but but uh, but better than me, yes. So okay. at least he can add to my my sort of natural flavors at vocals. And Anderson Silva as backup dancer. Oh, Anderson Silva and Yolo. 
Anderson Silva, Yola Romero, and Izzy Adesanya. As a backup That dancers? trio. Oh, good Lord. We would be an unstoppable force. Um, Prestige worldwide. Prestige world, worldwide. This is what I've got so far from my John Jones song. This this is very Blink-182. Uh, it, it starts... Deep kick the knees. Won't you love me? I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the greatest in my mind. They took my wait. I took me off pound for pound. Now I'm crying out loud. Uh, I like I've got to. I've got to get the the um. I the, the cadence. Like I always have extra yeah. syllables and stuff that I need to delete when I write it because I don't. I don't hey, it's think okay. musically it's okay. like that. It's okay. But we're we're gonna you're, get there. You're it's one a good for start. two. You're one for two. The earlier one was better. This one was. Uh, I think. I think we captured the essence of of. John Jones, which is to say, we've got some of the angst, and to really perform the song, the reason it didn't pop is because I wasn't on gas station dick pills, and that's so when when we debut this song Aaron, and record it, it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna Aaron, find a Seven Eleven, and I'm, about I'm gonna this. get I'm gonna get Tiger Stud pills, and then the song is gonna pop Aaron, the way I can't Aaron, without enhancement. Aaron, we talked about this the last time. You're being a Kobe Bryant on an off night right now. The one earlier was good. <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. The, the one earlier was good. Dang. Next time, next time you do this, how, how about this? Next time you do this, and you're and if 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 they if they hit the mark, I'm just gonna stay quiet. But if you start kind of shooting and missing, I'm just gonna yell. No, you, you, I'm gonna yell Kobe. You can't gun show I'm, me. I'm gonna, Fuck I'm gonna, you. No, I'm gonna yell Kobe. Kobe. Mondo. I'm I'm an artist, okay? I have a deep well of sadness and pain in my soul, and you have to let me be free to express that however I choose. All right, Corey. Just because you don't understand me and the way people of my generation see the world doesn't give you the right to limit my creative voice and artistic freedoms. Now let's mosh. You're part of the problem, you fucking boomer. Now let's mosh. That was a good one. Anyway, see you guys next week. I hope you guys had fun. I did. I don't know if Aaron did. Probably did. Maybe. Nobody understands me! I'm going to my room! Bye! Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 